Welcome everyone to the AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show. This is the round number five review show from Gilman, South Australia. And we're going to talk about the round that was. We had all sorts of insane racing action and uh, weather, big point swings in MX1. Um, it's lots to talk about, man. We're going to get to it. We've got some awesome guests with Carl Webster and Noah Ferguson amongst um, a lot of other things to talk about with Zane Dunlop in the house. But before we get to that, I've got to give a massive shout out and supported thank you to the guys at AMX Superstores for continuing to support our ProMX race coverage on the Inside Dirt Network. AMX Superstores are the nation's leading motorcycle retail specialist with over 26 locations nationwide. We've got them in WA to uh, SA. There was uh, you know, plenty of the South Australia uh, Blair Athol um, AMX Superstores shop team at the event on Sunday. Shout out to Beck and uh, everybody else that was there. It was a great time catching up with those guys. I actually went to the store in Blair Athol in uh, Adelaide on Saturday afternoon for a bit and we hung out. It's a great store. Just like all the other AMX Superstores, everything you need from bike, uh, you know, bike and body, from road to adventure to uh, off-road, motocross, supercross, we've got apparel. They've got consumables, oils, tires, spares, everything you need to keep your bike and body on the track. Great prices, great team, and great service. And uh, if you can't, for whatever reason, make it into any of the 26-plus locations across the country, um, you can go to amxsuperstores.com.au and you can order pretty much anything you need. And they'll have it next day or same week to you so you can get yourself back out on the track. So make sure you guys check out amxsuperstores.com.au. Get into your local uh, AMX Superstores. Like you said, if you're in Adelaide, the Blair Athol shop is amazing. If you're in Victoria, the new one in Caram Downs is huge. Um, if you're in Queensland, the Gold Coast um, Narang store is right by me. That's also super impressive. Um, we actually shot a piece on the weekend with my media company um, about Talia O'Hare that uh, podiumed in the WMX class. And also um, did, uh, you know, works for Amex Superstores over there in WA. So they, they ride what they race. They actually employ a lot of races on the, the pro tour. And it's great to see. So shout out to Amex Superstores. Check out the website and uh, make sure you get in store. And with that being said, let's get to the show. Okay, kids, you're in for a real treat today. He, he's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. Gator, never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. It, it'd be like looking over and seeing your, your ex-missus with someone else. Like, it's a... There's a few of them going around the pits, I'm sure. That's <laughs> Do you know what I've been smacking lately? Can we say it on the show? <laughs> Why weren't you more successful? Well, you know, because I sucked, so... <laughs> All right, guys, as promised, welcome to the AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show here on the Inside Dirt Network. This is the Gilman Round 5 Review, and boy, do we got a lot to talk about following Round 5 at Gilman past the halfway point. Um, some more point swings in the 450 Championship in MX1, um, dodging bullets with the weather, a lot to talk about. A lot to cover. There's only three rounds left to go, which is even crazier, but there's a lot of racing left to go. And um, we're going to cover all the things that was and uh, how it got won and done at Gilman. But first of all, joining me uh, on the couch, kicking it at the pad, uh, privateer hero, the people's champ of the Gold Coast, we're going to call him. 
Um, Zane Dunlop, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? Good, good. Taking a notice, my pug's just trying to get all up in your grill there. Yeah, that's all right. I've uh, gotten to know him. Yeah, so that's the problem. He knows you now. We're chilling on the couch, having a good time. We're inside this time, so we're not freezing. It's so. true. It's true. We mix up the studio location every week here. But um, Zane, look, the people have spoken. There were a lot of great feedback of you co-hosting the last um, round recap. And uh, I said, you know, let's do this again. And uh, you... Excuse me, you obliged, which was uh, awesome. Yeah. Good to have you back. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad everyone enjoyed listening to me ramble for all that time. So, no, I think it's a lot of good insight. Like even then, we were just talking before we started, and you were talking about being behind Kyle Webster and qualifying laps and yep. and things like that that we'll get into. Um, before we go any further with Zane uh, on the show tonight, we have got Kyle Webster, um, Boost Mobile HRC Honda. Webby took the win in a very interesting fashion. Uh, Moto one just basically killed it. Mm-hmm. Moto two earned it. Yep. No goggles. Did not think he was going to get that one back, and he did. Um, so it's going to be awesome to talk to Webby. He's had a bit of an up and down season with different things, but man, he's got the speed to win on any weekend, and we saw that at Gilman. Uh, also coming up, uh, one of your boys, one of the homies, yep. Noah Ferguson. Yeah, it's uh, about time he turned it on. It's been a rough start to the season, but it was good to see Noah back up front. Yeah, because it was like. I was like, NATO did great. Obviously, um, Wilson, we'll talk about it. Amazing. Um, but I'm like, man, we always talk to those guys. So yeah. when I saw, obviously, Noah on the podium, I'm like, we've got to talk to Noah. So uh, Gas Gas is Noah Ferguson's going to call in later on tonight as well. And uh, Darnell Official, as always, is going to make an appearance. Uh, I think he's got some things on tonight from what he was saying before. But um, Busy man. We will uh, we'll catch him when he gets a minute and get Darnell's perspective. As always, he is a regular... With the Inside Dirt Network, and he also co-hosts the Primex um, AMX Superstores radio show that we do every lunchtime. Uh, we actually had um, Regan Duffy and Kirk Gibbs on uh, the radio show this week, or this round, should I say. So that was really cool. Um, got some good insight from those guys on race day. And uh, if you're at a Primex in Queensland over the next three rounds, which I'm hoping like everyone in Queensland goes to like every one, which would be really cool. Yeah, they're going to be three awesome rounds, three different tracks, three awesome Three locations. very different tracks too. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, let's get into it, guys. Like I said, AMX Superstores Pro MX review show, Gilman round number five. Um, where to start, Zane? Obviously, you were smart. You stayed home. Yeah, I didn't make the trek down from the Gold Coast all the way down to to uh, South Australia. There, I had a just a few rough rough weeks. I crashed and hurt my leg. It didn't break anything, but then I went to work on the Friday and stood on a nail and it went through my foot. <laughs> And then on the Wednesday before I got home from the track and noticed my van was scraping on every speed bump and I checked underneath and there was my spring snapped in half. All signs that probably this wasn't the round to go to. Put the nail in the coffin. I said, that's it. I'm yep. staying home. It's, um, and when I say the smart decision, the round actually turned out amazing. But we all saw it. The video started getting leaked on Thursday that the pits were like underwater. Yes. And I was like, oh no, again. not again, not again. And, and I was really bummed out because I tell you what, I flew down there, like, again, first world problems. Like, I flew to Adelaide Friday, you know, yep. and I got to the hotel and it was bleak. Like, it was grey. It was dark. You know, the autumn leaves were on the ground yep. and it was cold. And I was like, I remember I was talking, like, I actually talked to my dad. My dad's in the UK. I talked to my dad Friday night. He's like, how is it? I'm like, it's like being back in England, man. <laughs> like, it's so depressing. Um, and then Saturday was really cold. It didn't rain much Saturday, but like all day we were at the track doing setup and all the stuff that everybody does. And 
it was freezing. Like I remember I got back to the hotel Saturday like night and I just took one of them showers where it's like your skin's nearly melting off, yeah, but you need it that hot. And you're in there for half an hour just enjoying it. But but the um the club hats off to the MRA, Motocross Rise Association Club at Gilman. They did what I think a lot of clubs should do. They left it sealed. Like it's a crazy concept in 2023, <laughs> but a lot of clubs seem to forget that you can just leave a track sealed. And and to be fair, they bought in I don't know how many truckloads of sand, but they basically raised the whole track off the ground. I'd say probably two or three feet. Yeah, that may be an exaggeration, but it was there's a lot of drainage ditches. There's a lot of laying water. You would have seen on the TV coverage like every time someone went off the track, yeah. their bikes were steaming and yeah. and there was water everywhere. But man, they went out in in practice qualifying. MX2 went out. And it wasn't that bad. Like it was basically like an MXGP kind of track where the paddle tires cut it in. They didn't need to rip it. They didn't need to fluff it. The paddle tires did their job. And and by the end of practice qualifying, the track was pretty much perfect. Yeah, it looked really good actually. In the morning, I I seen, I watched it, and I was like, oh no, I've missed out on the first real banger of the season. Mm. And then um, but yeah, and then I seen the last four fifty moto, and I was like. Well, it I reckon it showered three times throughout the day. Like we got one at about the end of qualifying. Got one during the first round of racing, but it was minimal. Um, and then, yeah, the 450s copped it, but we'll get to that. But it was interesting in the sense of we haven't seen many sand tracks on the calendar for a few years. Really. You got Coulomb. And yeah, one Thaggy. Yeah, but I don't qualify one Thaggy as a sand track. Like, it's got, you know, one Thaggy's like Gilman is the fact they have hard base, um, but Gilman brings sand in every couple of years, whereas Wani, they haven't bought dirt in there for ever. So I think the last time Wani was sandy was like, excuse me, probably maybe 2017. I think they, they sort of, I don't know what the word is, they dredged like the, the drainage in the water area and they got all the um, the silt and like put that back on the track and it was sandy for a bit. But I think with Wani, between the wind and everyone riding, the, the sand just gets blown straight off the top, you know. It's really fine in summer. But um, it was cool to see not only a sand track, but, you know, it was a sand track with, with entry, you know, them big sort of stand-up entry ruts, the big, deep sand hole ruts, like, on the insides of the turns. And then what they did was they built the outside berms, but they put about a th- maybe a two-meter um, wall behind the berms so the berms weren't like blowing out and crumbling yeah. they could did you see that one after the like finish walls. area yeah, yeah they, they were like, like walls. walls and they really rutted out in the end and it kind of stopped people being out of slingshot but like the first the first round of racing and in qualifying like cloudy and tanny in the um the amex superstores top 10 pole shootout you go around the finish turn then there was that tabletop like a scrub tabby then there was that double and like you could double into the inside and those guys were jumping the double and they were jumping over the ruts like on the landing to flat and then just like slingshotting through that turn. Crazy. But what's crazy is that it looks so fast and so sick and then Webby and Beaton weren't doing that and they were just on another level as far as like the lap times. Yeah, I wonder if that's a bit of local knowledge too because I know Webster and Beaton and a few of those crew did the South Australian state titles down there a few weeks back. Yeah, they did that. I think they also hired the track on the Monday – and they did a suspension, like a testing day. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it, mu- it must have had its advantages because I think it was pretty wet at the state round too. Yeah. So I was yep. talking to Medi because um, he's just a legend. I love talking to Medi. Should have got Medi on tonight. Hmm. Uh, 
I don't know if he'd have been stoked Fum- on the fumbled results. Fumbled that one. Yeah, it would have been. Oh, we'll get Medi. We'll get Medi before the end of the season. Um, <clears throat> talking to him Saturday, obviously, and uh, and he said, man, it was wetter at the state round. Okay. Yeah, and he said it held up great because everyone was still on Saturday. They were like, oh, my God, it's going to be a mudder. And he was kind of reassuring everyone. He's like, no, it's it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Like, it's going to be fine. So that was good to know. Um but yeah, a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. So like I said, we're going to have Kyle Webster coming up um, here on the Amex Superstores Primex Recap Show uh, and Noah Ferguson. So before we get to Webby, let's jump straight in, Zane. Let's talk about MX1. Um, where to start? A lot of things happened. What a shake-up in the championship. I think we should maybe tackle that later. Just, but Nah, I think let's, well, let's talk about Ferris. We'll talk about Webby with Webby. Yep. But Ferris, um, so I had a roaming mic for commentary, which yep. was awesome. It's been great. The last few rounds I've been able to kind of be out like amongst the people. Like I love being able to smell it and like Get be, be on the ground. You know, that's why I do it. I don't like being up in the perch, like away from everybody. Um, so I was hanging out in pit area in qualifying, just reading the times off the, the mechanic board and kind of, you know, giving everyone updates as you do. Um, and I, was, I saw Dean came in. I, I think I counted at least twice. I'd be indulging if I said more, but I'm pretty sure it was more than twice. Um, clicker changes, clicker changes. Okay. Trying to find something. Like, I don't know if they were trying to find a setting. Um, and this is what I'm seeing with maybe the Dean of 2022, 2023, the comeback Dean versus the three-time champ Dean. And maybe it's the fact that he's privateer or those years with CDR, he was just on another level, but the the swing, the variance of winning when he's on, it's it's on. And then, you know, I thought it was the Honda last year, but seeing that, maybe I'm just chalked up to a bad weekend. But, like, he went for it in Moto2, got into second. It went down, I think, getting into second. And it just seemed like he needed to hang it out to get to the front. And whether the bike wasn't there or he wasn't comfortable, but just it did not come together for him on the weekend. Yeah, I think I think what you've seen on the weekend was just kind of a perfect storm. Like he didn't do that well in Gilman last year. I'm not sure. I haven't spoken to him, but I'm not sure if he has maybe the best vibe there. Not many tracks around that are that sort of soil, so I don't know whether he's got much data on that new bike. And comparing him to the old Dean, the, the three-time champ Dean, being on that, that team that he was on such a powerhouse with a bike that had so much kind of background behind it. There's so much data to pull from. Mm. So there's no changes happening because the changes have been made before they're even on the track where Dean's kind of out there now. No one's got settings on that bike really on that stuff, except maybe some of the guys who got down there. But I think you're seeing, especially there he rode, he, you could say the first moto was a bit maybe like you'd be like oh my god what's kind of going on but the second moto he was there he was there just yeah whether it was like you said perfect storm where he was going to the front but I think more what I'm getting at is he was hanging it out to get to the front and I think maybe that's just the catalyst of Gilman where you know how do I put this it's not the kind of track that you can really come through the pack. Like all the lines tend to funnel into one good line. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of variety coming into the turns. There's like a, a straight line full of ruts in every area, but they basically, for most of them, you know, you either got the nineties in the middle, which 
you can go inside, you can go outside, but they're pretty much even. Yeah. Um, and then the, 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 the 180 turns everywhere else, for the most part, you know, they made some split sections, they tried, and people were making passes, but it was very even. And yeah. with the rain and with the slippery conditions at times, like it wasn't the easiest to, to... You could get up onto the backside of somebody. As we saw in the second moto, it was like strategy with goggles. Like every time you saw a rider, you'd see someone take their goggles off. Like Dean. Dean took his goggles off when he got around um, in the second motor when he was charging back through. He got around... Harwood. Yes. Yep. Hamish Harwood. And then he took his goggles off because his goggles were done. Like he spent all that energy getting around Harwood. Harwood saw. And then he bombed on. And he bombed him and then it was done. Yeah, and then... And that was strategic. Harwood knew he just had to get back around him. He sent it through the rollers. That was actually... Impressive. It was pretty ballsy, wasn't yeah, it? it? Like was crazy. Like he went. Um, did he ride around the outside of him? I think he did. Yeah, didn't but he? he still made the inside. Connor Tail actually oh, did yeah, the same he, thing. Yeah, yeah. With those rollers and crashed. And I've seen it happening. And I was like, oh, I've seen this before. And he pulled it off. And I was like, wow. Because I was commentating, and at that point it was raining, so I was up in the perch watching the TV screen, and I was like, he's going, he's going. He's seen him take his goggles off, and then yeah, he he said he dive bombed him. Hey, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, for Dean, um, like I said, I don't think he looked comfortable all day. Um, did he have the speed to run up front in the second one? I think he did. Yeah. Was he going to win? I don't think so. Um, but he would have been there or thereabouts. You know, he would have been top three, which changes the complexity of the whole weekend. 100%. But instead, what what Moto scores did we have for Dean? I think he was seventh in Moto 2. So he was seventh in Moto 1 and ninth in Moto 2. So rough weekend. Wow, 7-9. Yep. And... He's only one point out of the championship lead, which is actually, a, I would say, a positive after a weekend like that to leave still only one point down coming into the three rounds. And what's crazy is that um, I've been watching Beaton. I'm sure you have as well. Yep. I am, I'm very impressed. At times I've been skeptical because literally you can tell with Jed, he's like, I have it this moto, I'm going to win. Or I don't have it this moto, I'm going to get fifth, sixth, fourth, third. Like Appen, I felt like he rode around pretty much all day. Yeah. Um, I felt like for the most part, we've seen him throughout the season. He's just super content to sit upright, shift gears, not waste energy. Like he doesn't even like he's breathing when he's coming in. And this weekend's another example of that where Moto One, where did he get Moto One again? He had beaten in P4. Yeah, P4. Moto One. Beaten. So let's run through the top 10 of Moto 1. So we had Webster, Tanny, Gibbs. Uh, in fourth, we had Jed. Fifth, Max Purvis. Mm-hmm. Actually was on fire at the start of that moto. Yeah, he was. Uh, sixth, hometown hero, Meddy. Seventh, Dean, as we said. Eighth, private hero, Hamish Harwood. So impressive. <laughs> yeah, very impressive. Ninth, Todd Waters. And tenth, Joe Walker, private hero as well. So, you know, fourth for Jed in Moto 1. And you're kind of watching him and you're like, he's going to get going in a minute. He's going to have something for Gibbsy. He's going to, you know, he really can break the podium. He's got something for those guys. And it's just like he didn't quite have it and he's comfortable to take fourth. But it's like, I think all those years of racing MSGP, you can just see that I think his base level is so good that from everything I hear, he's he's not stoked on um, the suspension right now and, and the setup as far as consistency. I think he's struggling a little bit to get that feel everywhere that he wants. And I think you can kind of see that swing. Like I said, if I may be skeptical, it's like being 
speculative, should I say, but from what I'm hearing in the pits a little bit, is that if the bike's where he wants it, it's kind of like Tomac. Yeah. He's going to go. Yeah. And if it's not, he's basically not going to be able to go that speed. But to be uncomfortable and not go that speed and still be top five in the depth of this field, it really does show where he's at. And that's what, you know, consistency has led him back to the points lead. Yeah, I think you see just a lot of confidence in Jed. He's not... He's not intimidated by any of these guys. Mm. And he's not, there's no ego there. He's that's, riding around. The ego is not there. That's, that's definitely right. Yeah. So he's just riding around. Someone passes him. He doesn't get flustered. He passes someone. It's not like, it's just very kind of stable emotions and mm. goes after it. And Yeah. That's definitely, that is, you've nailed it. There's no ego where he's just come back from MHGP. He's riding around in fourth, fifth, sixth sometimes. And most guys would be flustered because they'd be like, I'm better than this. And, but it's like he's got his plan. Him and Ross are clearly, they have an objective. And now we're three rounds out. Three rounds, which I think arguably he could do very well at. Like he's really, you know, um, very technical. I think Toowoomba is going to suit him. Yeah. A lot of years in Europe with hills and, yep. and things like that. Um, QMP, same deal. I rode that national track the other day. Uh, and it was, it had rained all week. It was ruddy. Very technical. Yep. Um, and he's going to excel, I think, there as well. Um, and then he's not going to be slow in the sand with no. all the years in Europe either. No, he de- he lived in the Netherlands when he was over there. So, mm. so yeah, that's Jed. Um, where did he end up overall? Sorry, you're, you're good, Zane, because you bring all the printouts, so you can be my <laughs> results guy. I appreciate yeah, third it. Third overall. The third overall, and back the red plate, one point ahead of Ferris. Incredible. Four uh, four for third overall. Um, we've got about ten minutes before we're going to call Webster, so we'll go through. So, um. Before we get to the overalls, Luke Clout is someone to talk about. Um, Cloudy DNF Moto One. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, he so. did. Um, so Cloudy went from. Actually, I need to talk about. Did you see the pass that Beaton put on Clout in Moto One? No. It's phenomenal. I the can't fin- remember the it. finish line, and yep. it went left back on itself. Scrub Taby double. Yeah. He did what you said about what Harwood did to Ferris. Jed jumped the double next to Clout on the outside, outbreak, outbreaked him, and made the inside right, like rode around Clout into the inside right on that 180. Wow. And and at that point, I was just like on the mic. I'm like, oh my God. Like <laughs> To do that to someone like Luke, it was yeah. very impressive, man. Yeah. Um, but Cloudy Moto 1, he goes down, I think lap three, but he was, I'm trying to remember, was he leading Moto 1 at some point? I uh, don't think he was. He was leading Moto Two when he binned it. Tucked the front. Correct. Okay. So scratch yeah. that. He was in. He was in the race. I think he was. Sa- That's right. Tanny and Clout were two and three. Beaten was four in Moto One. Webster was out front. So Clout goes down. I think three or four laps in after the finish area, as she crashed in that same turn that I was talking about. Beaten passing him in. He kind of struggled there all day, um, and he gets back up, and I'm commentating, and he goes. And he backed seventh when he got up from the crash because it was early in the race. Then he's nine, then he's 10, then he's 11. And I'm like, what is going on? Did he pump up when he crashed? Did he hold his breath? Like what happened? And then all of a sudden he was gone. And because in the commentary tower is always the scorers and Raylene, his mum's there. Uh, and then she got a text from Luke saying um, mechanical bike was losing power. Uh, so is it me, Zane, or has there been a lot of mechanicals this year? Yeah, well... Me and Donnell were talking about this earlier, just on the phone. I was like, there's been a lot of mechanicals. I think you got to look at the track condition too. Mm. I don't know about Gilman really, Moto1 being the problem, but 
as for the rest of the season, it's we've had it every race. It's been a mud race. I think maybe just hold that up a little bit. Um, I also think there's a hangover too, right? Where you're a privateer, you rode the mud at um, Wodonga. Yes, you rode oh, the mud at did lap. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you rode the mud at Appen. Yep. Uh, at the start of the day, I feel like, and I've talked to factory mechanics about this, where I'm like, how do you feel that the conditions are going to affect the participant numbers later in the season? And they're like, the next two rounds will be fine, but the the wiring harnesses that got hot, the you know the big ends that got a bit you know too hot but didn't blow, they're going to run another you know ten hours or something. Yep. But come you know they basically said around. Round five, you're going to start seeing bikes that have got those hours and those the stress of those hours. They're going to start having problems. And like I, I feel that there was no, you know, I was chatting to one of the race safe crew on the way home. They said it was a boring day. It's like they had one knee, like an ACL, and no big crashes. Like yep. maybe patching some goggles. I was washing eyes out heaps, right? Yep. But I swear I saw bikes steaming, blowing oil. Like every race, there were bikes and. And yeah, obviously CDR would replace everything. So I don't think that's the case with yep. them. But man, there's been a lot of mechanicals. So yeah, he Luke DNF's Moto One. And then you can tell he's pissed. He goes out and just sends it for Moto Two. Um and very I don't want to say uncharacteristic, but like it was literally three laps to go. He was all by himself. And he washed out coming back from the um, that little downhill after the back yep. section, you know? Um, yeah, just one of those crashes, I think. When I seen it, I was like, man, you just feel them coming before they even happen. And they happen, like, you're a little bit off. And then you're like, oh, hang yeah. on to it. And, and he's going paddling down. and he's trying to save it. And that would just be the worst feeling, leading the race going down. But I think for Luke, that was so positive because you kind of seen the Luke cloud of old. Like, the aggressive, he's definitely over there. the front, getting up, like, revving it. You kind of... I've seen it at the start of the year, but the pace just hasn't been at like obviously when where he was when he left. But that was kind of Luke Cloud of old. It was like he looked like it all day. Like I said in in the top ten AMX top ten shootout, jumping stuff to flat, scrubbing off the seat like that, sending super it. sick cloudy style that we all love. And he seems in a good place, man. Like I chat to him and Lauren in the pits. It seems like every round I bump into him, and we talk at different times, and he seems pretty happy considering. Um. I know he wants more, but I also don't think that a lot of people realize how bad that injury was that he got at Mackay last year with, yep. his, with his tip fib. Like, yeah, it's a gnarly injury. I've experienced it. Yeah, you have, right? Yep. Um, and he obviously came back early for World Supercross and everything, but you know, even Dakar, I interviewed Dakar on the start line at one point over the weekend, and he just said like he's still building. He's just not back yet. Um, and it's the same for Top Waters. I actually talked to Jason today. Um about some race line things and same deal. I sort of said, how's Todd? And he's like, mate, he's just still, you know, he's like that crash in France at the sixth day and the shoulder Rico is like, people don't get how hard it is to come back from yeah, that. He's just not Rico's. there yet, you know? Um, yeah. Shoulder Rico's will do you for a long time, I mm, think. Cause like he was up there in moto two. Todd was, um, where'd he finish in moto two in the end? Uh, we've got him in seventh. Yeah. So I think he ran th- as high as third. Yep. I remember seeing him up there. Him, he was in front of the battle with Dean and Harwood, I believe. Mm. There was a round; they were all kind of together. And I, as soon as I seen it start raining like that, I thought Toddy Waters is licking his lips. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, going to be a meal for him. He's going to love it. But 
yeah, unfortunately, just kind of dropped back, I think. And I think when the rain stopped, it changed the dynamic. Because it looked to me like that, that was the thing, the main line, and we'll ask Webby in a minute, but I felt like the main line, really, because it kept getting ridden and turned over, it didn't really affect the main line. Like, they were still going the same speed, even though they, you know, the vision was a problem. Maybe that's why the lap times would have dropped. But you know what it's like in that red sand. As long as you're turning it over, it's still yep, rippy. So the, everywhere looks shiny. And uh, kind of, you know, it had water on it, but the main line was good. You could mow it. If you were riding there by yourself, it would have been all time. But obviously, you know, vision and goggles and whatnot. But um, it it was, you know, Toddy, you know, he's showing them signs of being back. Um, but, yeah, he's obviously not quite there yet with the injury. But it's good to see him improving. Now, uh, there's a lot, of, lot to talk about in MX1. I, I want to talk about Gibbsy real quick. Like, that first moto was really impressive for him. Shame he couldn't back it up in moto two. Um, but he looked like the Gibbsy of, and I, and I said this to him when we interviewed him at lunchtime, Zane, I sort of said like the flashes are there in the sense of, we know he's got it. And, and the word, the, the rumors in the pits are starting to root. Like, is it going to be his last season? Is he going to retire? Uh, I've heard rumblings of KDM team manager next year. And I asked him at, at lunchtime show, which you guys can go back and listen to, uh, I sort of said, can you confirm or deny? He's like, I'm not going to say either, but he's like, I am looking at these next three rounds to be like, am I still competitive? Yeah. And if I'm if I'm not, maybe I'm not. If I am, I'll go again, you know? Um, and he's still competitive, man. Third in Moto 1. Like, that's solid. Fourth overall, like, running with, you know, the guys in front of him, they're all the new kind of younger guys. You got Webster, Tanny, and Beaton, and then he's still there. He's like, there's, man, there's Metcalf, there's Waters, there's Ferris, there's all these guys that he's battled with for years, and he's up there, and he's in front of them all, so... Mm. Oh, before I forget, because um, I was thinking about Ford Dale when I was talking about Gibbsy, uh, we had the Moto Limited go-kart night on Friday night. Okay. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> it was sick. So shout out Trent and shout out to the Moto Limited crew for putting that on because um, we had a lot of fun. Man, go-karts uh, with motocross races gets intense. Oh, you know what got intense, dude? We had um, track was half indoor, half outdoor, right? So Wet. F- First quali- qualifying three races, back to back to back. Four-stroke carts, I just run all night. Um, after the first race, it rained. So the outdoor was like a skid pit, like Mario Kart. It was the most fun. Um, we had $50 buy-in. There was like 17 drivers. Wow. And winner-take-all and Ford Dale went 2-2-2 two, two, two in the Olympic scoring. Just and a pillar of consistency. Just, yeah, he was, he was pretty good. <laughs> but um, it was a lot of fun. So just... Wanted to get out that that uh, that was a good time on the Friday night. Anyway, um, also, I mean, before we get to Webby, but Tanny, um, Tanny likes that place, doesn't he? He does, man. And and I kept hyping that up on the mic. I interviewed him. I was like, "This is where you got your championship run going last year." And he's only a few points out now with nine the points. That's that's doable. That's very doable. And three rounds. We've we've I trained with Aaron, and we've been riding Toowoomba. We've been riding QMP, and we've been riding Coolum. So, like I, when I seen his, because I didn't actually realize, because obviously commentating is just hectic, right? Um, you don't really get to take a look at the the finer details during the day because you're just ragged running around. Um, and then I saw his Facebook post at the airport, and he was like P two nine out from the, the red plate, and I was like. Yeah, right. Yeah, I could have sworn he was like 50 back, like two well, rounds. Considering ago. he had the DNF at yeah. the mud race. Um, yeah. That spun me. I was like, wow, okay. Tanny, again, consistent. Like, considering he's had a DNF, if he wins this title with a DNF, like nine points, 
that's three moto wins ahead of anybody else, and he's excuse me, basically in the championship lead. Yeah, so him and Dean both had DNFs mm-hmm. at that mud round, and they're second and third. So, so Jed's got kind of, like, I wouldn't say lucked into it, but just consistently rode into it. But you could see at that mud round, Ned Jed was like nursing his bike. Yeah, he wanted to finish. He was very smart about it. It is interesting that the dynamic where you've literally got the dichotomy of like Tanny and Ferris have been having some crashes, they've had some mechanicals, they've been going for it. Jed's just been mailing home fifth, sixth, motor win, third, whatever, whatever. And it's even. It's it's very interesting to see how it's played out. But um, it's 20 past seven, so here's what we'll do. Let's give Carl Webster a call um, and uh, talk about the weekend that was for him. While I do that, Zane, do you want to take everyone through the, um, the overall once again? Yeah, so once we were just down to probably cloudy there, but it goes Webster first, Tanny second, Beaton third, fourth Gibbs, fifth Clout, but then sixth Hamish Harwood, the chippy from New Zealand. Yeah, which is, you know... Unreal. It really is the fact that he can, number one, hold down a full-time job. Number two, fly in from New Zealand every Friday uh, and then do what he does. He's so fit and, and so dialed. Um Medi, Medi had the speed. I think everyone's expecting, even me, I'm a little biased, I'm expecting the Medi of last year or the years before where he can get a moto win and maybe it's just not there anymore. You know, he's he is a little older, but um, he looked really good. Unfortunately, that 40 class, there's just so many guys that are really good, but seventh overall there. I mean, he beat Waters, he beat Ferris. Um, Man, I was just hoping. I was just like sitting there like, come on. I would love to see Medi win. Like we got robbed of Aaron robbed him of one last year. <laughs> he did. And but you know it is what it is. Medi's obviously a legend, and man, he's been racing forever. He was in high demand on the weekend. Man. I bet. All right, let's get Webster on. Cool. Don't have a producer anymore, so we've got to do this. Hello, Carl Webster. How are we doing, buddy? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, mate. Hey, thanks for taking the time to come on the AMX Superstores Primex uh, review show. Um, Webby, we just pretty much dissected the entire 450 yeah. class. Um, I've got Zane Dunlop here, who's uh, also a competitor of yours in MX1. He'll probably jump in with some questions as we go. But, um, you know, a lot happened in, in the round, a lot happened in the championship, Webby, but... Um, not really any of that affected you, mate, because you were doing your own thing all, all Sunday. And uh, for the most part, I'd say you're on another level. So I guess we'll start there. Like, you were obviously feeling it. You looked very comfortable. How was it? Yeah, oh, sorry about that. My phone just cut out there for a little bit, so I just missed the start of that. But, um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was really good. Oh, I uh, couldn't really ask for too much more, actually, over that weekend. Yeah, I mean, that goes without saying, right? Um, literally... Were you fastest in the first qualifying before the AMX top 10 shootout? No, I was second behind Jed. Oh, so you almost got the complete perfect weekend. Yeah, yep. yeah almost, almost. Um, so, yeah, obviously fastest, took the AMX Superstore's bonus money in the top 10 pole shootout. And then one thing that I was going to bring up, Zane, that I didn't talk about yet, so this is perfect where we will start there. Um, it's not very often, you know, in MXGP and other championships we'll see like the inside gate kind of be pivotal be like a massive advantage i don't think in recent memory i've seen a prime x race where the inside gate was such 
an advantage. And in the first moto, you had the inside gate. And I found it interesting that Jed could have been next to you, but he decided to go in between Tanny and yourself. Um, yeah. And you didn't just whole shot. I mean, literally, my media company, I just viewed the uh, AMX um, Superstore's like, review video that we just did. And there's footage of you. I'll actually send it to you. There's footage of you getting the whole shots. <laughs> and they are, they're not little whole shots, man. They are massive. Yeah, well, like on Saturday when we were looking at the track, you know, like did, I'm not sure if you saw how wet the back of the gates were. And mm. it's actually at the front. But they managed to clean the front quite a lot for the Sunday. But gate one and gate two just sat a little higher than the rest of them. So all that rain that we had obviously didn't sit on top of those two gates, more so gate one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I kind of, kind of knew that it was like qualifying was being very important to be either first or second. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't even look at the gate before the first moto, to be honest with you. I pretty much just walked straight down there to gate one after I saw Wilson's whole shot from there. And I think Byron might've gone there in the MX3 as well. So it's, um, yeah, it was, it was a good gate. And also though, like. I feel like a lot of our tracks, gate one never quite lines up that well with the first turn. <laughs> That's an understatement, man. Normally, gate one is yeah, like facing Normally, gate one, you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to do a hard right before you come out. But, um, yeah, they this one was perfect. Like, because the track, I guess, came up the inside of that, there was just so much room to move. It was almost like normally starting on gate 10. Yeah, interesting. And, uh, yeah, Wilson, I mean, literally, I think Wilson and yourself obviously being teammates, I think you even wore the same gear at some point, but it literally looked the same. I mean, obviously, Wilson's seven foot tall and you're quite short, yeah. but, like, <laughs> for the most part, it was just red and fly racing um, gear. Like, you guys were just, it was just, um, you know, carbon copies of each other. You know, several bite lengths ahead by the time you guys were shifting third. It was really impressive. And... It surprised me. I thought Jed would have gone next to you in that first uh, gate pick. Did you guys, as teammates, did he talk to you about that? Did you discuss it in the truck after? Like, was he like, "Oh, I should have gone gate two Or no, not really. He just uh, we we always kind of joke because we start next to each other nearly every single race this year. We've always been yeah right next to each other for some reason. So it um I think he was kind of like, "Oh, maybe I'll just try and go over one um, and." Gate three for that race looked quite good. The exit of it looked really good. Um, I'm not sure how soft it was, though, obviously, in the actual gate. But then, yeah, for that second motor, he came to gate two. Yeah, hey, okay. Hey, Kyle, Zane here. Uh, just got a few hey. to dive into the kind of – we're actually going to go back a bit, but to dive into the races a bit more. Um, I was actually behind you on a lot of your qualifying laps at uh, Maitland, and – Man, there were some loose moments. <laughs> we, yeah. would, uh, we were kind of, uh, you were doing a hot lap and then a slow lap and I would pass you on my hot lap and we were doing that back and forth a few times. And I then yeah. watched Gilman back and it didn't look like you were having any of those moments. Did you guys find anything between Maitland and Gilman? Uh, we didn't change too much between that. I think with Maitland, it was, you know, it was like pretty slippery and also it was hard to catch those little ruts, Yeah, um, especially that early in the day. and like you would know how fast that track was that day. So yeah. I, I found like trying to just pick up the right speed there was a lot harder than what it was on the weekend. Whereas on the weekend, like through qualifying stuff, you kind of rely on those berms. Whereas I guess at Maitland, that, that wasn't really there. But yeah, there, I definitely had a few hairy moments in Maitland. 
<laughs> yeah, I think you come over the split lane one lap on a quali lap and then look back at me. And then one of my mates actually <laughs> said that you did the same thing. <laughs> and we were, all, we were all laughing. It was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think um, to touch on that or expand on it, obviously coming from WA, like you are pretty comfortable in the sand. And I don't think we see at the moment the way the schedule is. We just don't see a lot of sand tracks. I think obviously one thaggy got cut short for obvious reasons. So that was a shame. We didn't really get to yeah. see you do your thing there. But um, yeah, I guess you kind of forget that part where I was kind of not scratching my head a little bit, but I was like, man, Kyle looks really good today. And I was kind of, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's sand. Like he rips in the sand, you know? Uh, yeah. I, like obviously it had a really hard base on the weekend, but it just had that, that little bit on top, which is enough to kind of move around and get a little bit creative with the bumps, I suppose. But I just, I just think like, yeah, I'm very comfortable in the sand. I grew up riding it a lot and not so much on the hard pack, but like I've, I, I feel like my speed's still fine on the hard pack. I've, I just, I struggle to probably have that little bit extra to be able to either move through as comfortably as I can when it's soft, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, like I feel like sometimes on a track like that yesterday, similar to kind of what we ride in the Vic as well a lot, so it just sort of feels like every other day, whereas I suppose a track like Maitland where it's super high speed and everyone can kind of do the same thing if you know what I mean like it's very hard to do something super different so it's kind of hard to yeah I guess just make up that extra bit yeah that is interesting you say that it's not like you can't get well yeah in, in them kind of tracks like Maitland it's hard to get creative um and kind it of is, yeah you just yeah and, and I know myself right like as a rider I am always more comfortable you know I like turning with the rear wheel I like being able to move around I don't particularly enjoy the feeling of train track ruts and being stuck um especially when i used to race um i'm not saying that's putting words in your mouth there but it certainly is a difference between you know like gilman yeah there's only three or four entry ruts and it basically funneled into maybe one good line in most turns but you're still able to get out of those turns and move around where i feel like some of the ruddier tracks like appin or, or or maybe maitland it's harder to do that especially on the 450 oh definitely yeah like i feel like well for me personally on the weekend i could move like come out of the turns where I wanted to get out of the way of the bumps or if there was bumps there you can jump them and move to different sort of lines quite easily but yeah when it's a train track you're kind of in that one line the whole turn you can't jump around as much as I'd personally like to but I mean for for the other like other guys they like that a lot like Dean for example like he seems to love those conditions like like Appen or whatever so I guess it's just whatever everyone's comfortable in yeah, it's it's definitely, um, I guess, yeah, just right of preference. But all right, so Moto One, Carl, pretty much, um, you know, massive start. You had different challenges at different times, but really, you were edging away, and and you you basically stayed clean the whole moto. It was really impressive. Um, moto Two, you know, looking a little different, and then once you lost your goggles. Um, I was like, I don't see how he's going to pull this one off. But man, you you were the first to lose your goggles. I think you lost them like two laps into the rain. Um, yeah. What happened there? Uh, they mean, were okay at the, the start. Obvious that it rained sideways for fifteen minutes. Well, but, yeah. yeah, pretty much that. It just rained hard and just went straight under my film. I think, and it kind of, you know, sometimes it's not so bad, but other times you just get that double vision. Yeah. And. I actually remember thinking to myself over one of the jumps, I was like, I'm going to try and ride this out with the water under there. And I just went through one section and it was all doubled and blurry. And 
in a split second just threw him off and it was it was bad at the start when it was raining really hard because you know rain in the eyes is still like hurts a lot Um, and then copping roots from Luke too so it was it was bad at the start and I kind of went backwards there for a little while especially once Aaron got around me like I was really struggling to see but when it stopped it kind of I don't know I was like far enough away from Aaron to not be copying it from him and then not the, without the rain there, it actually wasn't too bad. So I kind of managed to get into another little flow again. And that's um, what really impressed me. You know, that it seemed like, you know, when riders would go down or have an issue over the weekend, like Ferris went down in the opening lap of uh, Moto2. Uh, I, you know, other names elude me. Clout had the mechanical in Moto1, but even before his bike was given out, like when he went down and got back up, it, it seemed that it was a track that it really, any disruption to your flow, it was hard to get it back. So for you to do it with no goggles, like I could see every time you came by when I was commentating, you had the squinted eyes, your face was just like blown out with sand and you yeah. were probably spit and roost. Um, so for you to regroup from that and, and get back up to the rear wheel of those guys, again, I was like far out. That is impressive. Yeah, well, I guess it's, I don't know, they were still within within distance of me and when I kind of did get a flow again without sort of realising, I caught back up again and it, I don't know, everything just goes out the window, I guess. Like, it's just back into race mode. So, and once you kind of catch back up to the back of someone in those conditions, you just, you can't really hang around there. It's such that you're just, you're just eating it the whole time. So, um, yeah, I think once I got a bit of clear track, once um, I managed to get around Aaron and then... Luke was a little bit ahead of us by that point, and then I jumped over that jump, and he had tipped over. So, yeah, it, it was it was more so in my head. I was like, oh, you know, Aaron got second in the first mode, I was first, and, and then when he was in front of me, I was thinking like, Luke's within kind of distance of Aaron, so I sort of need to try and get around him if I can for the overall. And really, I I don't have too much to lose at this point, so it's just all in. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's when you came over that hill, were you just like, all right, sweet, I'll take it? Because obviously, Cloudy was, <laughs> he was still, I think, on the ground when you came over the hill there. So, yeah, you're like, all right, I've soldiered on, I've got no goggles. And you would have had to have really, you know, made something happen with Cloudy. With the, he was running a similar speed to you, I think. And yeah, even if you'd got to his rear wheel, which I think you were definitely going to do in those conditions with no goggles, like realistically. Yeah. It was impressive. It, you got, like, it was impressive you got around Aaron, but to do two bikes without goggles, I was like, man, I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, it would have been very hard. Um, so it yeah. would have been relying on a mistake, really. Mm, and obviously, the mistake came. Yeah, well, it um, it did, and it, well, not from not from the pressure of me, but yeah, it was it was there. So sometimes you can take it, I guess. Um, I've had my fair share this year, so it was uh, it was nice to. Have a bit of luck on my side, I think. Yeah, so kind of touching on that, uh, we obviously, everyone's seen your Reeves Instagram story, it was in tears again, but that's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of got to gotta feel good for you because I think everyone on the team's kind of got their dues except for you and you've kind of been like the stepchild, just not getting any, no, not like not getting any love, but not getting any luck, I guess. And, and yeah. Yeah. It it's kind of like, I feel like my riding's been okay. Just, Things have been happening. Um, like obviously Aubrey, I had I was having a really good first race. I had a massive lead. For, like it was probably one of the better races I've had ever. And um, like a minute and a half, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that so was, it was a, that was it pretty was, crazy. Yes, 
yeah, it was, it was going awesome. And then, yeah, unfortunately things happened. And, and same with Maitland. Like I felt like I was riding pretty well. Like I got super pole there and, um, yeah, just cop that massive rock to the arm, which is like unheard of. And I, I honestly thought after that race, I was just going to go to race day if they're going to stitch it up and not be back out again. But yeah, it didn't quite, quite work out like that. And, um, yeah, it's put a bit of a dent on the championship for me, obviously, but I mean, it's possible to make up a lot of points. Like I made up a heap of points over the weekend. So it's just, uh, just got to stick to it. Yeah, actually, you completely, um, slipped my mind that you had a hole in your arm a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. Did they do surgery or did they stitch it up? What happened? Yeah, so I just had like a – I pretty much flew straight from Newcastle. I got an early flight that afternoon and went to the hospital in um, Melbourne and they did all the x-rays and whatever and uh, made sure there was nothing still in there and then I went back the next morning and they, um, yeah, just did like a, a day surgery type thing in the end um, and checked all the tendons, made sure they were okay and cleaned it all from the inside out and then – stitched it from like the inside out I think so I've still got like all internal stitches in there now but it's it's no drama I don't have to do anything for it just let them dissolve over time and yeah they said it was all good yeah right so you actually had like a legit surgery yeah like it was um pretty solid (laughs) yeah far out um how did it feel um because look I've had Man, I've I've been roosted from four fifties over the years where I, it's like blown my hand off the bar. It hit my shoulder so hard, and and it literally tore you know rotator cuffs and everything from roost. Like it's it's I don't think people understand at a national level how bad the roost is. It's horrendous. But yeah, in all the years I've been around, like I've seen cuts, I've seen scrapes and big bruises, but I've I've never seen a hole in someone's arm like that. Like, did it hurt? Did you feel it, or did it kind of? Yeah, it, it, yeah. I actually saw it coming at me. <laughs> Oh, I saw it coming. It was kind of like it was, you know, that sandy turn of Maitland, that sweeper before the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was in there, and I just, yeah, uh, Gibbsy must have just just nailed it, and it came. I, I was watching it coming at me, and it, yeah, it hit me in the arm, and it kind of made like my whole right arm go dead for a couple laps. And Toddy got by me, and I dropped off the back there for a while. Um, and yeah, like for like two laps, I couldn't really like use that hand properly. I was kind of like riding over the turns and and whatever, and then. It um, it we, came back like yeah a couple laps after and it it was all good. I could just feel it like when I was going over the bumps and stuff. I could feel like my shoulder and bicep like jiggling. <laughs> oh, that's that's messed up. Was that before yeah. or after? You know, you crashed after the finish jump at Maitland. Um, yeah. Was that that moto? No, no, that was Saturday. It was um on the Sunday in the first moto. Right, okay, yeah, because we had the three-moto two-day thing. I got confused. Yeah, because that crash was pretty yeah. gnarly too. I was just minding my own business commentating, and the next minute I heard scrape and saw you just kind of fly off the back of the berm next to me. I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah, I just hit one of those bumps coming into that turn, and it lifted me up. <laughs> so I just got air off of it and came into the turn about 400 k faster than what I was supposed to. I, I should have probably just tried to jump through the banners, but I kind of panicked and tried to sort of slide in, and my back wheel just went over the back of it. Yeah, that's what it looked like. like. I looked over and you were like scrubbing the berm, but you were facing the wrong way. You were like 180 and just kind of flying off the end of it. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like full commitment, but... Um, yeah, committed to it. Yeah, wow. Okay, so big big round. It, yeah, like you said, just a crazy year. Some things that, you know, like it's pretty impressive. You had a, a day surgery and you still got internal stitches and you went out and, and did what you did on the weekend, man. Um, so, you know, yeah. obviously... Big big win, one one, probably a career highlight so far for you as far as um, 
the 450 class goes. Yeah, um, definitely, yeah. Do you feel, is this still a building year for you? Are you bummed out you're not winning this championship? Like, where is your head at as far as, because um, I wouldn't say you came in under the radar, but because Dean came back, because Jed came back, um, Tanny's champ, like, I wouldn't say the preseason was a buzz with you um as mm. a title favorite but looking at what you've been able to do speed wise like you're right there or faster than everybody um yeah well like that's the thing like i feel like i've been my speed's been really good and i've got the speed to be in the mix of it i just sort of haven't put myself in the best situations a lot of the time um and yeah i'm definitely bummed that i haven't been in the championship fight for sure um but it's at the halfway point so it's still got time but um yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's been a building year. It's just been a really slow start. And I guess, like, winning on the weekend kind of felt like I just... It, it didn't feel crazy special or anything. It just felt like that's where I should have been, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm, I'm getting at to a degree is, like, you didn't... Whenever we see you up front so far this season, it's like you are meant to be there. It doesn't look like you're hanging yeah. out or obviously it's been inconsistent because of all the crazy things that have happened this year, which I think hopefully is done for you now. Um, I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to make the rest of the season really interesting, man. Because where are you in the championship right now? For, I think I'm eighth after that weekend. But I like made a big chunk of points back. Like I was 70 points down from first and I think I'm back in the 40s now so it was a it was a large chunk of points mm. yeah 47 mm. points down now in eight so yeah it's gonna be yeah. interesting man um so what are you up to i know when we texted yesterday you said you're are you back home in wa for a little bit what are you up to yeah so i came back from adelaide straight to perth they've got the king of the sand on here this weekend um they normally have manjum up on this weekend but um willie the promoter got hurt during the year last year and he's not able to run it so the club where I grew up at Wanneroo are running a race called King of the Sand and yeah just come back here see the family I've got my my grandparents here from South Africa so it was kind of a, it was kind of a good time to come back um, it's, it's easy from Adelaide and yeah do a race while I'm here so I'm just here for one week and head back on Monday yeah nice so what does Honda just freight a bike over there for you or how does that work um, oh, they they have a, like the local bike shop here helps me with the bike kind of Honda help them to help me so it's it's a nice little circle and yeah he just lends me a bike while i'm here for the week and i just take my suspension and um all my bits and pieces bolt them on and yeah clean it up after at the end and give it back yeah win-win i should be really keen i gotta hit your rev up i want to test you guys because i'm riding hondas now so i really would love to ride your yeah bikes yeah and um get a feel for them um I, of, I, I sat on Jed's bike and your bike uh, when you guys were doing track walk at Maitland. I kind of snuck in there just to get a feel for, because I was like, man, do I want to run my bars in, you know, because the Honda clamps, they have the, the OEM clamps have the front bar mount and the, the standard yeah. bar mount. And I'm, I'm like right under six foot tall. I kind of have longish arms. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to all the effort of, um, you know, stripping my bike and switching them out because I'm lazy and I don't ride very often. Um, <laughs> so I sat on your bikes, but yeah, it was interesting to the difference between your setup and Jed's setup was obviously really noticeable. Like he runs, I yeah, think he, he runs a taller, very different. yeah, very different cockpit. Like he runs the highest bars. He's got razors. Um, I think he has a taller seat maybe as well. Um, yeah, tall seat. Yeah, and then you're kind of the opposite way. I didn't think Jed was that tall, but like when you look at him, right, yeah, he's, he, he's a big, big guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's very, he's, he's 
got big long legs, I think. Yeah, and then you're obviously at the the lower end of of the stature side of things. So you're come on, is... oh, leave him alone. <laughs> how, how do I? Say? You're not as tall as Jed. I don't know how to say it. Um, I'm tall and con. <laughs> Again, I don't know how to say that, but um, nah. I guess yeah, you are shorter than Jed. So yeah, I found it very interesting yeah. to. I guess as riders, we just geek out on that stuff, right? Like I just sat on both your bikes, and I was like, man, these feel really different. And I'm sure your suspension setup is probably pretty different. I I doubt you. Yeah, would, very different. Like I doubt you'd ride each other's bikes because I imagine you have very different setups. Um, yeah. But yeah, on the track, you guys do the same speed, so it's very interesting to see how you get there. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's always interesting to sit on um, different bikes. Like I always jump on other people's bikes and just feel the bars and whatever. I jump on Brodies and Wilsons and even sometimes Jeds. Oh, I can again. I'm not going to say you personally, but I can, I've been around long enough where I can just imagine a training day with you guys out at Ross or whatever, and there's like a bunch of different factory bikes there. I, I don't know. I, again, I'm not saying you. I'm not saying anybody because it would cause dramas, but I'm sure at some point some laps have been spun on different colors to get a feel for, for different things, you know? Don't incriminate anyone here, mate. Come on. No, well, we, we, we haven't recently, actually. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think the, no, I haven't, I haven't ridden another bike in ages. Well, the only other brand they're really on the 450 is Regan. Yeah, true, actually. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, we haven't done it in a little while. Or yeah, anyone I'm hasn't not, really We don't have, we don't have too trouble. much time. No, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Ross runs a tight ship with free time anyway. But um Yeah. All right, Cole. Hey man, really appreciate you coming on. Um it was good to chat to you, good to get you back on. Amazing to see the weekend. Um, like I said, all you had to do was beat your teammate in that first qualifier and you literally had a perfect weekend. Um Yeah. But it was perfect, man. Like the, the way you won that second moto, very impressive and um you know, I think this puts you in good stead for the last three rounds where maybe you're not the guy in the, the title hunt right now and you don't have that pressure and you can go just do your thing and show your speed and it may end up that I think we see you factoring into to, to really being the podium consistent guy for the, the last three rounds. Yeah, no, I hope so. I hope it's a bit of a turning point for me and yeah, I can carry you into the, the last three and see how much we can call back. For sure, mate. You um, you just Australian Supercross, obviously, with your Eve running the world team. Have you got any involvement there, or are you just all Supercross at this point? Nah, just Australian Supercross. I think, um, yeah, it'll be hard with it mixing through our motocross, that's for sure. I, I mean, when I do the Supercross, I'd like to be 100% just on that and not sort of bouncing between the both. Yeah, you can ride Supercross too. I remember you got skills there. Yeah, yeah. No, I can ride it not too bad. I just need to get a little bit better at racing in that situation. Again, I think injuries for you haven't been the kindest over the years to get that kind of supercross momentum going. Um, yeah, definitely. But uh, hopefully we see, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a great end of the season going into supercross for you, man. So thanks again for coming on. And um, no, thank you. You got anything for him, Zane, before we go? No, it was good chatting to you, mate. I'll see you around. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. No worries, mate. Well, uh, we will see you in a few weeks. It's a Wimpercar. Thanks again. Yeah, I'll see you guys there. All right, bye, mate. Bye. All right, guys, Carl Webster there. Um, obviously being brought to you by Amex Superstores on the Primex Review Show. And um, pretty cool, calm and collected cat, isn't he, Webby? Yeah, he seems like he's definitely still 
mentally in this championship fight. Yeah, he did. A like, few times we were like, oh, you know, you're not really in the hunt. And he's like, we're halfway. I can still win this. Yeah, and it was interesting to hear. That, yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that because a few times I was like, okay, like are you looking at the points I'm looking at? But he, you know, sometimes races are kind of stubborn that way. But, man, I guess you've seen how many point swings in the last few rounds. Man, we were saying the same thing about Aaron last round. Mm-hmm. And he's only nine points out. Yeah. If, so if he, Webby was to get on a roll and start winning. I think you've got to assume he's going to win Coolum or he's going to at least be second because he brought, he made up 23 points on Dean at that round. Because I'll be honest, I sat here with you after the last round when we did the podcast and, and I was saying, everyone was like, oh, there's eight guys that can win. And I'm like, there's not. There's two. Yeah. Maybe three. I probably didn't count Webby in there. Yeah, that was actually very poor on our behalf. It was. I yeah. think we should have counted Webby. Well, I think I was leading the charge on that one. I yeah, was like, no, nah, it's, you know, because <laughs> I hate it when people say that stuff. Like, you know, every year in the, the previous the field shows, gets to like deeper. American Super, it's the deepest field in history. <laughs> there's, there's 18 main event winners. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, there might be. And there's how many national champions in Thor MX1 right now. Exactly. But it's not everyone's year. But let's be real. Has Cloudy got a Mono win yet? Nah, but he's... Has he? Did he win it happen? No, he didn't. He hasn't won yet. I talked to Raylene on the weekend. He hasn't won a Moto yet. He's due for one. He's going to get a win this year. So that's another guy that's going to get a win. Yep. Tanny got the win at um, Appen. So he's got one. Dean. um, Webby. Webby's got one now. Jed's obviously... That's five. Jed got a win too. um, Aubrey. Aubrey, right? So that's five five winners. Hey, man, it's getting pretty close. You're going to owe Darnell some money, I, I think I am, hey. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, let's call him in. Now, actually, we'll do a quick call with Darnell before we get on to MX2 and we talk to uh, Gas Gas's Noah Ferguson, uh, the Queensland homie for yourself. Um, let's call Darnell, Darnell Official. To sell out himself. Yo. Darnell Official. What's happening? Um, we just got off the phone to Carl Webster. We've covered MX1, but I, I said um, on the last show, and Zane and I were just talking, and that's led into calling you, is that I said it, it, it during the last podcast, you know, at the start of the year, we were like, oh, there's eight guys that can win in MX1. And, and it, after Maitland, I was like, there's not, there's only two, maybe three. And then Zane and I just did the math, Darnell, and there's been five winners so far this year in MX1. How crazy is that? Yeah, well, it's, it is crazy, but it's not crazy because I did say to you that other people can win and you disagreed. So I just want to hear the words from you that you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I'm happy to admit it. Like, I actually, I knew you'd love this bit, but... Oh, anytime you're wrong, it's, it just it gets day. me up and about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, you're wrong a lot, so that's why I'm such a positive person. <laughs> you know what I was not wrong about? was your go-kart what? shoes that you wore on the weekend and the fact that you changed hoodies and jackets, you know, big corporate Alpine Stars guy over here. Should have seen him, Zane. Trying so hard. Do you know my He looked like one. straight out of the MotoGP paddock. He's like, look at my shoes. They're, <laughs> they're like waterproof. Sweating all over the competition. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to the end of the day and that second moto, it pissed down rain and uh, guess whose feet were bone dry. <laughs> Yes, it was laughing. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look. To be fair, um, it, it's just a new look. You know, the Vans and the knee-high socks and and skater punk Darnell is slowly giving way to like corporate, corporate Darnell. You know, Versace, Alpine Stars, 
Darnell is just it's interesting. Corporate Daniel Bell, not Darnell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'll never see me in Versace, huh? So, <laughs> don't worry about that. But um, no. I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a pair of skinny jeans and bands right now, so you know, I'm back back to normal Darnell. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. You got to be the brand. You got to be the brand. I get it. You're Alpine Styles guy on race weekends for Monza. Um, on race weekends during the week, come on, mate, full time job. <laughs> no, I get that part, but obviously you wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us have to work for a living. Oh, oh. I was coming in thick and fast tonight. Yeah, he's. I knew this was going to be. A... He's got it lined up. I reckon he's got a sheet in front of him. Yeah. No, he's. Yeah. You know what All it right. was? He he I he was very um. He was very reserved this weekend. Like he was very keen to tell me that he had four night sleeps leading up to the event. So he was what? he was bubbly on Sunday. Whoa. Yeah, he was firing on all cylinders. No wool shed Saturday night? No, no, no. No wool shed. Does maybe it, maybe after Supercross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were going back to Adelaide. Did you formulate the plan that suit last Supercross is at uh, Adelaide? Is that your doing? Look, I, I don't want to say <laughs> I don't want to say I invented the after party, but I was there. So. <laughs> it was there when it was introduced. Oh man! Uh, now, yeah, I mean, we'll get to Supercross later in the year. I don't have a lot more to worry about for them. So, yeah, true, true. Um, but yeah, we'll look, we spoke to Webby Darnell, and interesting. We kept saying a few times, Zane and I, how far out of it we thought he was in the points, and he's, he's not that far back. Well, yeah, according to him, and I'm not talking shit on him at all, but the mindset of a racer that he is, he was like pretty much saying he made up a lot of points and you could kind of tell the way he was talking that he still thinks he's in this to a degree. And he probably is, to be honest. Um, I was just having a chat before with someone um, and we were talking about how close it is at the top. We didn't realize that Aaron Chaney's only nine points back up the lead. Mm. Uh, and obviously there's only one point separating Jed and... And Dean, so Kirk's only nine I points mean, back at Aaron as well. So, really? Yep. And then uh, Cloudy's only ten points back at Kirk. So there's like thirty points between the top five. Yeah, top five, thirty points. That's that's, that's so great for the series. Um, and mind you, that's that's scary for everyone else because we know that Aaron Tanny is very consistent. We saw that last year. That's why he won the championship. So. Um, and other than that DNF because of the mechanical, he really has been there every round. Well, you take that out. So, you know, what was he? He was running sixth when uh, when that bike stopped. So, uh, I'm not good at math, but I know that's more than nine points. Oh, he's, he's at least 15, 20 up at that point yeah, yeah. If, if he hadn't had that DNF. Um, yeah. It's all ifs and buts and hypotheticals, but Jed, like we talked about, Darnell, he's been very consistent and willing to take a fifth and a sixth if he needs to to get to where he's at but that's only that's going to get us to here and I guess that's a question for you too Zane it's like okay Cloudy's going to get a win at least one moto win I reckon he even gets an overall before the season's done um to me now like with three rounds to go Jed you know, Zane and I talked at the beginning, Darnell, he could quite easily get on a roll here with the tracks coming up. I think he'll do very well at Toowoomba, hilly, ruddy, very MXGP kind of vibe. Um, same with QMP, and he'll be fast in the sand at Coolum. Um, But I think his time now of taking fifths and fourths is going to have to come to an end soon. He's going to have to start winning races. Yeah, or at, or at least be in the podium positions 
for motos. You know, he got a he got third overall on the weekend, but yeah, need to need to start front. So I mean, and we know Jed can win. Like, <laughs> oh, there's no doubt he can, and that's what I I guess Zane. I'll ask you this: Do you think when he's riding around in fourth? fifth and maybe he's not quite feeling the bike like it looks to me like he's got so much more left in the tank i really don't think we've seen him turn it up yet like really when he won at albury man it looked like he was trail riding Mm. i was watching from the sideline because i did two laps and didn't want to break my bike and i went man it looks like i could go that fast but i just fucking can't (laughs) (laughs) story of my career (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i don't think we've seen him turn it up yet so i'm actually i've actually at appen in the qualifying lap i was standing with Joel Evans watching his qualifying lap in Super Bowl, my lord. If we could see that for a race, it would be amazing. Dean pipped him on the last lap, but his first lap was like, I was like, oh my god, that is impressive. Epic. Yeah. Are you there, Daniel? Yeah, I'm here. I'm okay, just you're, just, you're, just un- you're surprisingly quiet. Um, <laughs> well, no, no. Yeah, no, okay. I, I respect I respect Zane's opinion, so I wanted to listen to what he was saying. Your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. All right, we've talked enough about MX. In that field, racing with those guys, you know, I value Zane Dunlop's opinion. Yeah, that's fair. I I understand. But he wasn't there on the weekend. What was it that? Uh, You know, I went to sunny Toowoomba and I had a good day at the club day and I rode around and won races and didn't get wet. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's fair enough. Yeah, Yeah, we were texting after the race and I was like, man, you made the right choice. Like... (laughs) I mean, it was a great event, but, you know, Queensland to, I mean, even just to go to work and commentate, I had to catch two flights. Like, it's a long way, man, from up here. Yeah. Now you know how we feel when we have to travel up there for three rounds at the end of the year. Hey, Zane, how good is it to know that we have no more flyaway rounds? Oh, man, I just just can't wait. I was like at Toowoomba on the weekend and I was like, you know, all us privateers in the back there, like we go to Maitland and there's random guys that smoke us and all the like guys that locals, you, your mates yeah. with that smoke yeah and you're like oh shit and i just can't wait to get to toowoomba and go down the hills in qualifying and just go go past all the guys that don't <laughs> yeah. ride toowoomba you're like i know these hills <laughs> yes <laughs> um but uh right we talked enough about mx1 um we're gonna get now focused on it a little bit Darnell. so mx2 um obviously you are the main proponent cheerleader and um i think Secretary Chairman of the Nathan Crawford Fan Club in 2023. It's safe to say that. Um, NATO was really good on the weekend, man. Um, but Wilson was, was Wilson was better, straight up. That's it. I mean, what can you say? Like, Wilson, how many times has he won this championship now? Like, and there's a reason for that. He is, those two are clearly a step above everyone else right now um, and have been, well, maybe not all year, Um I think Nathan's been consistently the fastest guy for the earlier part of the season. Um, but Wilson showed on the weekend that he's got the number one plate for a reason and he is super fast. Yeah, so. like I think I, I talked to Wilson before Moto One and certainly not disrespecting the guy, but he's not the easiest to get anything out of on the <laughs> microphone. Um I'll put that that way. Um and I sort of said to him, like, you've been riding yourself back to health. We had a decent three-week, four-week break after Maitland. Um, has it, you know, looking at him and qualifying, I said, you know, it looks like it's done you the world of good. Um, and he sort of said, yeah, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. But looking at him, whole shots, both motos. Obviously, he had the um, the HRC Honda inside gate that 
was rented out for four fifties <laughs> and two fifties. Which purchase that I think thing. it had an Excite bike um, slingshot on there or something. But um, two massive hole shots, same as Webby. And in the first moto, I was like waiting for NATO to to do what he's been doing, but it just um, it didn't play out that way, man. And uh, Wilson had the speed, he had the composure, and um, it was really impressive. Yeah, it was. I mean, that first photo was so good to watch. To watch two guys, I was sitting there with Dylan, with uh, Wilsey, watching it from the media tent as we were doing some work, and uh, we just we were discussing. We go, there, it doesn't look like there'd be any way to ride that track faster than those two were in that first motor. Yeah, they like, were on it, and NATO made that last lap charge. It was like, all right, can he do what he does? But um, yeah, it was a different Wilson Todd, like we said. Um, just didn't end up that way. Yeah, it's um, it's a shame what happened in the earlier part of the season with Nathan with the with the DQ and the DNF because um, if they, if that points chase is a lot closer than it is right now. I mean, it's thirty seven points. So if it was a bit closer than that, I mean, this would be one hell of a championship with those two just going wheel to wheel, toe to toe, bar to bar for three more rounds, and which is probably what we're going to see anyway. But just to see it from a championship standpoint, would have been a lot better. But, um, you know, I think the other one to watch was Noah Ferguson, who you're going to get on shortly. Um, he was fast and loose in that first moto, and it, and it paid dividends for him. Yeah, he finally sort of started to look like the Noah that we all know, where he was scrubbing, he was revving, he's aggressive, um, and he he's not afraid to have that bike move around in the sand zone, obviously, growing up on the sunny coast, even though he trains and lives in Victoria now. Um, I guess the Coolum kind of sand vibe, you could tell he's not afraid to let that bike dance around. Yeah, he lives at Coolum, that guy. I remember, actually, this is pretty good to bring up, him and I walked up to him when he was on a 50, and I remember asking him, can you beat a certain kid on the track? And that kid was Jet Lawrence. And those two at Coolum on a 50 would ride the wheels off that bike trying to beat each other. Really? So that's where the pro- that's where the how deep it runs. Noel Ferguson and Jet Lawrence at Coolum in 2010 or later, uh, earlier on a 50. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Because Noel's been there ever since he's on a – they've basically there every weekend since he's on a 50. And I've said this about Noah. Like, I, I was around for his junior career when I was coaching full-time, going to all the junior nationals and the races, and – he was one of the only guys that would straight up give it to Regan Duffy. Um, he's he's scrappy. He's you know was, we're singing his praises before we get him on, but obviously the injuries and things it hasn't you know built that way. But um, it's it's starting to you know we saw a flash of it on the weekend. Um, I was kind of a little surprised. Darnell, you know the Circo Yamaha boys were there, but um, they weren't really on that same level as everybody as far as uh, NATO and Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to um, Jesse this morning, actually, um, about some stuff. And I don't think people know how sick he was leading into that race. Like, he was saying he, on the flight down, he basically wanted to jump off the plane. He was that sick. Um, So, I think that played a little bit into it. So, we'll see. Yeah, he was, yeah, quite crook. Well, I know he Uh, broke a rib. I'm pretty sure he broke a rib at Cool. He did one lap. Yeah, he's got a broken rib, so, you know, being sick and not being able to breathe <laughs> sort yeah. of makes a difference. And it being freezing cold as well. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't that cold. Yeah, yeah he's gone soft. He's up in Queensland, mate. 
Yeah, he's always been soft. Yeah, I'm just not <laughs> a fan of the cold. I mean, that's why I, I don't live in Europe anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and look, Reese Bud was super solid, which Reese Bud is. I think he was a little off the pace, but again, very solid. He was fourth overall, right, Zane? Yeah. Um, no, Connolly was fourth overall. Oh, Connolly was, was fourth overall. It was a good battle. Yeah. Like, Connolly and the Serco boys were pretty much the, the best of the rest, really. Yeah, I mean, Connolly battled it out with NATO on that Sakamoto. Um, and that, those two made some pretty good passes back and forth on each other. Um, you know, Connolly's fast. We've, we've seen that. In, um, and I think of a track like Echo Valley, where it gets a little bit more technical, we might see Brody come into his own a bit more. So we'll he seems to excel he in actually, type of New Zealand ruddy sort of tracks, hey? He actually won the Sunny State there, and Wilson was there, and Haruki was there, and I'm pretty sure everyone was there, and the Sunny State was Everyone except NATO was there, I remember. And yeah, I think Connolly won it. One, one, two, Dan F, or yeah, one, his, Dan his radiator cap came off. Yeah, speaking of, yeah, let's bring up the elephant yeah, in the speaking room. Speaking of Barham. Somebody has left your, he's left your mate. You, you're a big fan of Barham. What, what do you think? Uh, I'm stoked to see Caleb get a get an opportunity like that. I mean, it's a it's been a long time coming. Uh, yes, unfortunately, he has <laughs> left the fold. But at the same, oh, he's still wearing our boots. But um, no, to see someone someone like Caleb who's worked as hard as he has for the last couple of years to finally get a shot like that, um, I think it, I think there was a bit more to those crashes or that crash at Maitland. I don't think he was quite there yet um, and obviously a short amount of time to get ready on that bike. I mean he's ridden steel frames, Euro bikes for the best part of a decade to then jump on to a Yamaha it's going to be quite different suspension, LA frame motor delivery of power like it's, it's a big change so um, we'll see what happens at Echo Valley. I mean that's his, oh. that's the house that Barham built you know. Yeah. <laughs> is, he, um, is he good for Echo Valley? I heard he might have had the because yeah, it's a, I think it's a thumb. So oh, yeah. he'll be fine. I spoke to him I yesterday, and he said he's he'll. I said, "Are oh, you out for Echo Valley?" And his words were, "Fuck no, I'll be there." Okay, cool. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, I think Byron would have to be on fucking life support before he's not racing. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair call to to miss his hometown race. But I mean, yeah, you're right, Darnell, in the sense of I heard how well he was going on the Yamaha when he um, tested it and rode it before the weekend. But the race bike and the truck you get there, that sand track that well, you know, the hard base loam that we had there at um, Gilman would not have been the easiest conditions to adapt to a new bike. Like, you really would want to have your stuff dialed by going out there. Yeah, and I think, given what have we got, three weeks until, three weeks, four weeks? Three weeks, yeah. Uh, till Toowoomba, I mean, Caleb will get a lot more seat time on the Yamaha. I dare say it's been a few laps at Echo Valley, um, if he can, if it's open, I'd just assume it would be open to ride. Um, I think Caleb's open for KJ. Probably Caleb has a key, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People have to go and see him to get the key. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like the mayor of Toowoomba. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and I think that Yamaha. I mean, that starts great at Echo Valley, totally long, and that Yamaha is a rocket ship. So we'll, we'll see. I think, uh, and it's a great start. And KJ uh, can start, and KJ can, KJ start, can start, and, start. It's, and it's got, got the grid. He's familiar with the grid. Um, the mesh grid that is yeah I mean this isn't a I'd be very surprised if he doesn't pull two whole shots out of there yeah I can already picture me on the mic being like make some noise what's up to Woomba <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah 
I'm just gonna look. There is one. There is one bright side. Caleb um, getting or one of many bright sides of Caleb getting on that ride that I stupidly made a deal with him at the start of the year. Not a, not a not a sponsorship deal. It was a Darnell personal deal. If you pull four whole shots for the year, I'll give you five hundred bucks out of my own pocket. You idiot. Now that he's left up. Yeah, now he's left up. I don't have to pay that because I think at uh, at Toowoomba and, and we saw him whole shot at Q and Pete last year as well. So if KJ's listening. Thank God you got a factory ride because uh, I was yeah, going to have to dip into my wallet and I don't want to do that. <laughs> does that void the contract, does it? The personal contract? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's looking for anything to get out of that, <laughs> yeah, isn't like, he? <laughs> he's got his monocle out. He's like, no, it says here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, I had my solicitor look over the term sheet. <laughs> but I also don't think with Caleb at, at a track like Gilman, he's not the most amazing sand rider. So I can't think. Obviously, he's injured and he hurt himself, but I don't. I don't think we were expecting podium speed out of KJ at, at Gilman. I think we're just seeing KJ get through Gilman, and then get to the hard pack rounds like Toowoomba, obviously. But then QMP and he, he, man, he'll be up there. I think you said yeah, I mean, last he, year. Yeah, he whole shot and led for the best time of twenty minutes last year at, at Toowoomba at QMP. So yeah, he we'll um, he's got a solid couple of rounds coming up, man. I really hope that. Obviously, he, he kills it in Supercross too, and that deal takes him through Supercross. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. But stay with us, Donnell. Let's take a look at the results. Um, Todd Crawford, Ferguson's your top three. Connolly, Reese Bud, Jesse Dobson. Liam Andrews, man, very under the radar, seventh overall. Um, he's having a also really Alps good. Yep, Alps guy with the yeah. Elliot Bros team. Um, yeah. Hayden That's Smith. Really cool team. Sorry. No, it's all good. Yeah, that's a that's a really cool team at Spectre Alley Brothers team. Um, they're just a, a good bunch of people that love racing. They are they're good people, man. And I, you know, I I always sing Liam's praises, like how he's done it the hard way, how his family's put him through juniors. Like you know, it's great to see. And uh, with his head injury and stuff that he had when he was on um, Factory Yamaha a few years ago, and the things he's had to deal with. It's really good to see. Hopefully, he can keep it going and get more support. Um, Hayden Smith, dude, that's the New Zealand guy on the 252 stroke, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he rips. He rips. Um, it took me about three names. I feel bad to say this. When I commentate, I don't have a program. I don't really look at the screen because I've been around the championship for so long. I know who everybody is. And then... At moment, you did nothing but look at the big screen. <laughs> yeah, no. Hold on. Let me finish. Um <laughs> If I have it, I'll obviously rely on it. But um, when I'm down, I like to commentate trackside because I'd like to be in the trenches. It's fun, so I don't have something to watch. Like, the big screen's great, but I didn't have it this weekend. Anyway, every time Hayden Smith came around on the weekend, I was like, and there's the the 55 on the two-stroke. Like, <laughs> fully just mind-blanks his name every time. But he was... It's the guy. It's Jimmy's brother, it's, the singer. It's Harwood's <laughs> brother, the, the New Zealander. Um but no, nah, he's been really impressive. Yeah, no, he's good. Uh, two striker anywhere is great. We need more of it. Yeah, big, it sounds sick. Like he's got the speed. He gets the starts. Um, you know, hats off to him, man. Really impressive. Um, Ryan Alexanderson. Um, I was meant to talk to him. He was on my flight up. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. He definitely had some big shades on and a Gucci bag, which was. Um, <laughs> Which was a cool. It was a unique look. What a homo! 
<laughs> I'm not saying that. Like in his backward baseball cap and his um, weird sunnies. I, no, I train with Ryan. So, you do, so you yep. say that. All yep. right, yeah. I mean, I was just like, you know, most moto guys are pretty conservative, I guess. And then I was like, all right, not he's, Ryan. He's definitely doing his own vibe. Um, but it's still not quite Mason Rowe on the podium with the big chase, though, is it? I don't think anything beats Mason Rowe on that podium. <laughs> I just remember him. Yeah, yeah, he's. I think he, he cussed on the podium and Kev pulled the mic away oh, from no. memory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah Conondale MXC. Oh, that would have been 2018, I think. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That dude's, that dude's doing his own thing. Yeah, gonna, he's, he's found his niche now doing big whips. But, um, Ridiculous. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Alexanderson, solid ride. He was, you know, there or thereabouts. Um and I think he'll build. Yeah. His first year too as well. Yeah, he's doing well. Um, Benny Novak, 10th overall. Very impressive. Um, I didn't really see him all day, I'll be honest. It was a quiet 10th overall. I don't want to sound like a dick saying mm-hmm. that, but hats off to but him. They get mixed in a lot because there's so many of those like Honda-supported riders out right, there. Right, yeah. yeah, man, there is. Right. Um, and they just sort of get jumbled into one. Now, uh, Mania. Really strange day for Mania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't know. He had a goggle on Moto 1. Yeah, like 11th overall. Just, I expected more. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what else yeah. to say. Like, I, yeah. Especially down there. Because yeah. he would have been and racing Sangler. down there yeah. and he's with Beaton, um, Beaton's program. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that goggle issue really hindered him in the first one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then obviously... Yeah, just it's just like his, his day never really got going. He went out close to the front in qualifying. He looked good, but even his qualifying times weren't great. It was just, uh, I guess that's the sh- the rookie kind of. He's still learning, you know. So we could get his fifteen years old. I don't think Lee, Ho- Lee Hogan's told us enough that he's fifteen years old. He's copped enough heat for that. He's not saying that anymore, is he? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm actually like I'm waiting for um, Oz Oz MX memes to release this week's. Uh, this week's coverage. Yeah, I know. They're slacking a bit. I, uh, I've, I roasted them a bit in the comments about not including the wool shed in their, in their pre-post. Yeah, I saw, no, yeah, that. I saw that. <laughs> I'm, playing with, I'm playing with fire, aren't I? It's, it's funny, man. Like, I, you know, whoever that is, do you know who that is? No, I have no idea. I thought I did, but I don't. I thought I did at times, but um, I'm not so sure at the moment. But, like, I'll post a story or whatever and, like, sometimes you'll see that they've viewed the story. <laughs> and yeah, I just start getting nervous because I'm like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get featured. Like, what's he going to say? Yeah, you you're probably enough hate for your story from me because they're very, they're getting very eureka. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> did you see my story at the airport the other on Sunday night? No. I was just tired. I'm like, you know, airport life, you know, talking. And then Todd, I was like, settle down, Eureve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, Haruki 12th. Um, he got a penalty. He did. Go on jet ski driving. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah, I watched it on the live He was in the water feature. Through the water, and I think he was just wide open to the water, not trying to tuck the front. And then even Lee, they said, oh, um, Haruki's got a penalty, and Lee's like, oh, come on. Like, he yeah. was just trying to stay up. <laughs> He's just trying to aquaplane his <laughs> yeah. way back. Literally. I mean, Haruki's short, man. A few foot of water, like... You could drown in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Blake Fox. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where to go with that. It's better. It was better this weekend. It's good to see him in that second moto at least get into yeah, the top ten. Was good. It's confusing but, because man, Blake rides so well. Like I've ridden with him during the week, and he's he's down south now in 
back home, I think. And man, he's Dubbo? he's every bit. Yeah, he's back in Dubbo, wherever he's at. Yeah, yeah, he's he's every bit as fast. Like there's days, man, where we're at the practice track and he's not far off NATO, and you just think, where's that guy go on the weekends? I don't doubt his speed, dude. I remember um, Maitland twenty twenty one. MX3. Yeah, he had the speed to run podium speed in MX2. Like, he was there. Um, and he was cruising, too. You could hear the bike. It was just so smooth and calculated everywhere. Um, so, Atkinson. Yeah, Atkinson's a New Zealander? Uh, no, it's from WA, actually. Ah, oh, okay. He trees with yeah, a double O standards crew as well. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Darnell's like, close. oh, close. Well, yeah, I mean, he's from his West Coast. Might as well be New Zealand is far enough away. But <laughs> um, sorry to all our WA <laughs> listeners, but it, it is a long way, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a he's a good kid. He's moved over here. He's living in uh, he's living with Ryan. I'm pretty sure, and they're because um, they got the same gear deal. Like it's pretty much them two look almost identical. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're all under that Moto One setup. That's so. right. Okay, makes sense. Uh, he rode good, man. He was again. I saw him in battles in the top ten at certain points. Um, How's Burnsy? Was Burnsy 10th in Moto 1, Chandler Burns? No. 11th. <laughs> no, 11th? I don't know what it was. But it wasn't. Um, I think he went down on the first lap and had to work himself back through. Burnsy will get there. 12. 12. All right, well, 12th. But he was... Don't sound, don't dismiss me that much. Like That was a good first moto ride, man. Like Burnsy did well. well I didn't know. He got, I, I thought he was... Because I was with Chandler at the airport on Sunday night and he was, he was, he was happy with the day, but yeah, he knows he can be a lot further up if he just cleans up some mistakes. No, but I get it. You're a big corporate Alpine Styles guy now. You've got no time for the privateers. Like, I get it, you know. Um, I, I did his goggle deal, thank you. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll try, try to get something <laughs> there. But anyway, Burnsy, 15th overall. Barham, obviously 16. Brock Flynn, Gilmore, Fitzpatrick, George Knight. Um, round eight, top 20. Don, I'll probably let you go here, man. Going to get um, Ferguson on before I, it gets yeah, too late. I was hoping you'd have, hoping you'd have Posty on. Um, today, but you don't because uh, I need to mend some bridges with him. Posty, um, um, no, there was there was some group chat things that got a bit hostile. I think. Oh, mate! <laughs> so I'll I'll give you the quick rundown. All right, uh, media tent, six forty Sunday morning. It's pretty dark in there. I've uh, gone to the back row where I normally put all my stuff, and I dropped my gear bag in the aisle going back to grab something and Posty's come in with the big pelican case that he normally carries. <laughs> Doesn't see the gear bag full straight on trips and just rides <laughs> to the ground like a fucking boogie board. <laughs> I've never seen him. I'm, dude, I was thinking about it on the drive home today and I was, I almost had a pull over because I couldn't see his bad tears. <laughs> I was laughing that hard. Oh, I would have paid to see that. Yeah, he's so oh, dirty. No. So yeah. dirty. And he's oh, texting him yesterday. He's like, dude, I've got a bruise on my sternum and whinging. Like, he's a whinger. Right? I was say, he needs no excuse to hate on people. So, like, <laughs> it, it, you must have inherited that now. Oh, dude, he was so dirty on me. So, um, Posty, if you're listening, sorry, but it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. I, I, with his Spider-Man shoes, just taking one to the, to the, to the face. <laughs> And you know, like the, the fold-out black chairs, he's like tangled up in there. And he's fucking. <laughs> it's, like w, it's like WWE. In here. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. He's got his foot wrapped in my gear bag, and he's swearing at me, and I'm losing my shit laughing. Oh. Uh, it's probably the funniest thing I've seen all year. 
Oh, that's amazing. All right, well, so, we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, show that banter between me and Posty. I'll leave you with that one. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, I wish I'd have known that would have happened, but... Um, yeah, I so do. I'm like, what about my gear bag? And he was just not having a bar. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have been about it. He goes, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't so I could done. I'll be up and about at 6 o'clock in the morning. All right, Donnell, appreciate yeah. it, man. We're going to call um, Ferguson now, but uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Talk to you soon. No worries, boys. Have a good night. See you, bro. All right, guys. Um, Darnell official. That was good. We haven't had a long Darnell sequence for a while here on the show. So I'm going to jump straight into calling Noah Zane because we pretty much covered MX2. And this will be a nice little wrap-up to uh, all things MX2. Let's get him on now. The man, Gas Gas Australia's Noah Ferguson. Um, Noah, how you doing, bud? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for taking the time out to come on the AMX Superstores Pro MX uh, review show. Um, yeah. Look, mate, we'll get straight to it. We've we've covered MX1, we've covered MX2, and bringing you in at the end of the MX2 chat seems about right, mate. You know, third overall, um, big step forward for the season. Um, you look like the Noah of old. That's sort of what we've been talking about. I've got Zane Dunlop here with me. Um, I know you guys are, are homies, so I'm sure he'll chime in with some questions or banter for you at some point but um yep. mate you know just take it from the top man like that's the the best we've seen you look in a long time i felt yeah definitely so i think the biggest step forward was not being hurt that that was like the um big stepping stone this weekend so like round one i didn't get to like do the full potential of what i've been training for for like the whole year and that preseason got cut short a week after that so I was kind of disappointed with that and then it's finally slowly itching back now just riding again each day with the boys down here so I'm quite happy with how it's going and it's kind of it was more I would say on the weekend um, refreshing for all the hard work that I have put in this year so I was quite happy with it yeah, I think that's probably a term, right? Like, because we, like, I've talked, I've been around your career pretty much not since the beginning, beginning. I mean, Zane actually just dropped some interesting facts about you and Jet Lawrence, you know, battling on 50s at Coolum, which I thought was a really cool little backstory. But, you know, I've talked about your last few years as a junior. You were really one of the only guys that could hang with Regan Duffy as far as speed and, and battle him and his dominance as a junior you know, you were always there and you you have that speed. Um, and and qualifying at Gilman was the first time, obviously, like you said, round one, for obvious reasons, was round one and then you got injured. But um, I haven't seen it all year. So to see you scrub in and rev in and doing the things that we're used to seeing you do, um, I was like, okay, damn, Noah's actually kind of back. He looks good, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that was like, yeah, most thing I was happy with is like I was back and that's what I said to my team manager Kyle Blunt. I was like, I'm happy, I'm I'm content now. Like moving forward into Toowoomba, I said we're sitting in a really good spot to obviously make up a lot of points, but to be on the podium each round from here on out for the season. So it was exciting for that weekend for myself and the team and everyone that works with me very closely. So it was like a, a fresh reward of all right, we, we got the speed and everything. We just need to put everything together and stay injury-free. I think refreshing for the team is probably a statement too in the sense of, um, 
really this year, you know, Regan is is on a rebuild year, and I think the team understands that. So the results he's getting, they are what they are. Um, yeah, definitely. But, they, I don't think that they expect too much from him. Um, obviously, I think he expects a lot more out of himself. But for us too, like we were fighting juniors, being up the pointy end of the field, so we we want to win. That's the hardest thing for us I think is when we come in with a, a re- very bad moto score it's like oh what can we do to be better and the team's like oh I just take it how it comes it's like no like we want to do better I think morale you know and yeah for Regan I mean I don't want to speak for him we had him on the, the AMX Superstores Primex radio show that we do at lunchtime uh, and you know you can <laughs> tell he's kind of he basically says during the because that's why I asked him. I said, "Look, man, during the week is it is it Regan Duffy or is it the guy we're seeing on the weekends? Like, where are you at during the week?" He said, "No, his speed's actually pretty good during the week." Um, yeah, he just yeah. said it's it's the race day side of things. He hasn't raced for a long time, and I think mentally he's not quite there yet. And and obviously with what he went through, who can blame him, right? But you know, this is your interview. I don't want to keep talking about Regan, but I guess for the team, obviously to to get on the podium, you know, you're part of the KDM group, so. At times, Husky's doing great. At times, KDM's doing great. But to see Gas Gas on the podium for Kyle and your team, you know, Chris Woods and everybody else that puts all the effort in on weekends, um, it would mean a lot. Yeah, definitely. So, like, especially for my mechanic too. So, this is our second podium besides from Supercross. So, I got that fill-in deal at the end of last year. And I, I felt like I could have podiumed then as well, but I just didn't have everything on my side, I'd say, sorted. So, like... I expect more being on that box a lot more for us and seeing where we can lead up into this championship. Hopefully scoring scoring on the box is the, the goal for obviously KDM and myself, but um, we're just going to align ourselves on the with a good start and, and go from there. Um, oh, that was weird. Um, question I kind of have so, around the team. Um mm-hmm. Obviously, KDM Group, it's kind of obviously under the like Kyle kind of basically, you, even you see his picture that he has on, he's kind of got every brand on there and he's he oversees yep. KDM Group. So you've got Husky, KDM, and, and Gas Gas. Yeah. Um, yep. How much involvement is there from group management with Kyle and KDM as a whole with the group model? Because obviously, you know, you've got Chris Woods there. I believe he's just sort of um, crew chief on the race weekends, is my understanding. Um, but as far as like the team goes, like the in-house involvement for gas, gas, like how do you guys test who's doing the WP suspension for you guys? Like, do you do your own suspension techs? Do you have an in-house guy? Um, how do you test compared to the, the other colors within the group? Like, is it coordinated? Do you all do test days together and then you guys go off and you have your settings or, or how do you, how does that work? Um, so pretty much we at the start of the year, like the team does a, a group testing type thing. Um, we all got down to the, was it the one Peggy MX open? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did that and then like stayed obviously back and then we did testing with choice suspension. Um, I believe all of us guys run them under the KDM banner. And then we just like from there on, it's like the fine tuning just with your mechanic in house. So like if you want to, try something new it's just like ring up the mechanic ring up Kyle and it's just go from there type thing but it's kind of like we get that all sorted out this 
start of the season as pre-season. So, like, we all come down and then you just do your individual testing, so on and so on, like each rider and mechanic. Okay. Do you feel that works? Because I've been pretty vocal about it. Um, like, I, I've said, I don't think that Gas Gas 450 looked great with um, Maros on it last year, Zane. I don't know what your thoughts were, but I felt that he could only go so fast on that setup. Um, I don't know if I'm blaming the team or the bike or it just didn't gel with him. Um, now watching Regan, it's a different deal because he's going through what he's going through. But um, yeah, I'm just curious because you've got CDR, you've got, um, you know, you've got Uribe and Honda and those guys that sort of have a lot more of an independent testing, in-house mechanics, in-house tech. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious how you find it. Obviously coming from being a privateer all those years, to a degree, it's probably still a step up, but I'm just curious if it's sufficient for the level of racing you guys are, you know, even like Serco and, um, you know, like Yamalube, Yamaha, right? Like you've got Wardy, you've got Bish, like you've got all these resources. So I'm just curious that, you know, they kind of hand out the resources across the group and how, how you find that, you know? No, I believe it's like one of the best teams out, like obviously coming from a privateer, um, spectrum for so many years like I wasn't type used to the amount of things that go into a race day set up let alone um, the aspect of doing the pre-season training it was more myself just riding a bike for six weeks and then turn ups around one so like just going through the basics of gearing and all that type of stuff and then trying different motors and then just little things like seats and bars and all that stuff they have the availability to was the biggest thing I noticed um, and then there's little things obviously like the final touches you have with your mechanic as well so like um, whatever that may be but I find it, it is a massive help with those guys with what they do um, with the setup and stuff without those resources I don't think me and myself would be where I am without Hello. Hello. Oh, yeah. Sorry, we lost there for a sec. Um, Zane, did you have a question? Yeah, I was Yeah, just going to kind of touch on that a bit. Like, obviously, it was just you and your and your old man and your brother and all that kind of doing the going to the races and all that. And I was just wondering, like, being a factory rider, how's it been kind of focusing on yourself as a rider rather than everything else that's going on around you? Hello. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, I think we might have lost him here. Hold up. It's weird we're going through. Are you there, Noah? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you again. Okay, cool. We'll give you one more shot or we might have to call you back. Um, yeah. Zane just asked, going from being a privateer all those years with your dad and your brother and now you're, you know, factory, um, how's that been as far as being able to focus on being a rider? It's been a massive help. Like, going from being a privateer, it was the, the biggest difference I found was you could just focus on training each day during the week and then you can turn up to a race meeting and not have a worry about, oh, have I done this to the bike or what have I got to do to get this thing ready for the weekend? It was, you can go focus during the week, you ring your mechanic, go, oh, I need another bike sent down, whatever. It's, it's all done for you just so you purely do your job on the weekend. That was the biggest thing for me. And it was it kind of got weird to adjust to because I was so used to, oh, I've got to do this to my bike, I can't go there type thing, I've got to miss out. So that was 
the biggest thing I got was like, this is so much better than being a privateer. So you're telling me that your mechanic's better than Dazzy on the on the ranch? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so when you I got a lot more, lot more trust in my mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give Dazzy a break. He's done all right. Uh, He's got you this far. He's got you this far. Hey, yeah, talk about exactly. family. I wouldn't, just, I wouldn't change it. <laughs> um, is your brother injured right now? What's he up to? Yeah, so he hurt himself at um, Newcastle Supercross. Nearly hit me with his bike while I was on the line. But oh, wow. So we're going that, that long. He hasn't raced this year. I was wondering if I'd seen yeah. him or not. So he got a shoulder reco because it kept popping out. Um, and then his aim was to hopefully be back before Toowoomba. But I kind of gave him the ultimatum of if you're not ready, you're not riding. Yeah. So, so I was. Yeah, he might come back for the QMP and cool him around, just depending on where he's at with the recovery. I'm pretty sure he um, went and seen the doctor the other day about it and stuff. So when he can get back on the bike, but at the moment he's just been laying flat out working. That's it. What's <laughs> in the world? <laughs> um. Zane, I know you got more questions. I guess no. Let the let the viewers or the listeners. I'm used to doing TV. The viewers, the listeners. Um, in you know, I interviewed you. I think after Maitland, maybe we did the might have been Wodonga, the the, the post race interviews. Um, and you gave me a rundown of how bad your injuries were, but I don't know how public it is. So you had a decent uh, a decent you know crash after round one. What did you actually do? So after round one, I went. Well, oh, sorry. When I crashed, I went and got scans and everything because it was the weekend after um, with one saggy. And they told me just broken collarbone. And I was like, oh, sweet. Like, rode with that all last year type thing. Such a, motor and, uh, guy. Such a motocross guy response, isn't it? <laughs> it was broken collarbone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, turned up to Appen and went out. Like, I literally just put my whole shop button in and I was like, my mechanic. I can't feel my arm. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, I can't feel it. So I went out qualifying, hoping it would get better. And I was like sitting in, I think it was 27th position. And I was like, this is not good. <laughs> so I went back to race day and then John Park, the guy there, he's like, no, nah, call it a day. Got back home, I believe it was the Monday and went and got more scans. I ended up doing collarbone, scapular, humerus. And then I fractured my rib cage and bruised my lung. So, so it was a solid effort. Yeah. Yeah. Half hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, was, was it like, a practice crash? How did you actually crash? Um, so it was just finished the day up with Ross. Me and the boys thought it was cool to go hit some play jumps. Oh no! <laughs> I was I was over being last in the group, mind you. It was me, Brody, and Regan just out there having fun, and it's like, oh, I'm last in the group. Like I'll jump in front the front line, and I just hit this jump and just went straight over the bars. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, they like all I remember. I got knocked completely out, just and they landed over the jump. And they reckon I was just dead to the world. Yeah, okay. So you just yeah. had a pretty decent hit off the front of the bike. Yeah. So it wasn't wasn't ideal and I I didn't have anyone to blame but myself, so I was kinda um a bit annoyed with that, but it is what it is. Hey, it's part of the you know, it's 
part of riding dirt bikes, unfortunately. And I mean, yeah, probably not ideal having some fun at the end of the day, but it's also a, a job where you do have yeah. to have fun to ride fast. So, you know, I guess shit happens and at least, you know, you've rebounded now. You've got a podium and we're in Queensland for the last three rounds. Tracks you're familiar with. <laughs> um, it's a good base, man. I'm sure it's going to be, you know, confidence rolling to um, – you know, to, to get you on the roll for the last few rounds. I mean, Coolum, the last Coolum ever too, right? So you pretty much grew up there. I think that's going to mean a lot to you, uh, you know, the the fact that it's going to be the last one. Yeah, definitely. So I've been there since day dot. So it's been by far my favourite track. So hopefully we can go out there with a bang and make it a good one, um, especially like with Toowoomba as well and QMP. I'd like to be at the pointy end, but yeah, Coolum would be by far... Um, the icing on the cake if we can hopefully make something good happen there for the last one. Are you going to spend most of your time for the next, like, because it's, what, four weeks to Toowoomba and then six weeks to, to QMP, are you going to be up in Queensland or are you going to keep flying back down to Ross? Um, I was not too sure. I actually fly home tomorrow. Um, got to go do some testing with suspension and then... I'm not too sure what the go is after Toowoomba. I was probably going to go back to Melbourne and then might go snowboarding because I've never done that before because it's snow season. That's good fun. So. I love snowboarding. Yeah, there's not a lot of snow up here in Queensland, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a hell of a time. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so might do that. And then as for six weeks off, so like I'm not too sure what Ross has got planned for us, but I'll, I might be coming back and forth. I'd imagine getting some laps in at QMP would be beneficial, right? Like you'd you'd be able to ride here two or three times a week at that place before the race. Yeah, definitely. I think that well, it's open like four days a week, isn't it? Not. Yeah, it's Thursday through Sunday, man. Like I was out there um, last Sunday, and like it wasn't quite national spec, but man, it wasn't far off. The ruts looked pretty similar to how <laughs> it was when you guys were racing there last year after all the rain we had. So, like NATO NATO Crawford was out there. Um, yeah, riding it, and it's uh, I'd imagine it will be busy in the weeks leading up to QMP, the national. Yeah, we it. Yeah, I'm races. sure it will be, and especially being like a local track, it is a hard one. That one, I reckon, because it's I don't really like the dirt on that natural terrain track, but um, yeah, it's um, it's grippy when it's when it's good, um, and then it's slick when it's. Lit. Yeah, when it's it's got that kind of silty top to it. It's not quite clay. It's not quite like low. Yeah. It's got a bit of everything in it. It was doesn't like it? that last year. It would be like straight line ruts, and then you come into a corner and it's dusty and skatey. It's like a flat track. Yeah. 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 And it was like that. And on, then you got the right hander first turn. Yeah. 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 And um, you had a big one in that, didn't you, last year? Yeah. Front end. Yeah. And, and I think half and the that, I think it was that little, that little dip there. Yeah. So. I, I remember seeing your crash there. <laughs> oh, going down the start straight. Wilson's, no, Lockie Latimer's bike hit me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Wilson hit a false neutral and Lockie Latimer had his eyes shut because the roost was that bad. <laughs> and I started I started next to Dean and he had a paddle on and the rocks hit me that hard that I backed off and Lockie's bike come from center's left stage and hit me, knocked me clean off my bike. Wow. <laughs> I was actually meant to ask, um, uh, who did we have on? Uh, Kyle Webster. Yeah, it's been a long night. Um, <laughs> we had Webster on earlier in the show, Noah, and I was meant to ask. Pretty much, I think everyone ran a paddles higher most of the weekend. Did you? Did you run a paddle all weekend? Yeah, yeah. So I was paddle 
from the moment I got there because we went there to the Adelaide um, SA title. Yeah, yeah. And we knew like the moment, and then we looked on that forecast, and I was like, "Yeah, paddle worthy." So that's interesting because uh, you're a, a guy that doesn't like a paddle. I've seen you not run. You don't run paddle at Coolum usually. Has something changed? Yeah. There's been a little bit. I've been told to run the paddle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, about time. Clearly, it was working for yeah. you this weekend. But yeah, so I, I do run a nobby at Coolum. So you'll so. run a nobby this, like last Coolum, do you think, or will you go to the paddle? It just really depends how it gets prepped and then obviously the water. Um, because it, Coolum, I find, can either be really sandy or it can be really edgy. So Yeah, I think that's and a then, fair assessment. Um, so like, and then obviously last year being on the privateer, the tyres I had, I was always ran them. So I was like always strongly believed the knobby was really good. So yeah, because you didn't want to have to buy a paddle or whatever. I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? This is interesting for you boys. I've never ridden Coolum. Oh, really? Yeah, never. So do I need? Do you think it's yeah. like it's on? Here's the thing, right? I I only have a comparison of it's like this super hot chick that. You know, you've never, oh, you're gonna hate it. You'd never, and then it, will it ruin the illusion for me if I ride it? Yeah, you're gonna hate it, but you're gonna appreciate how everyone else goes so fast on it. Appreciate her beauty, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? <laughs> do I have to get out there now before it closes? No, I, I would definitely ride it before it closes. All right, you have to take me out there then. Yeah, too. we'll have to book in a day. All right, definitely. All right, you twisted mom. What about a club day? Oh, I, was, I would love to race vets, dude. Oh, there's a club Even day coming better. up soon. But I, I have to commentate. I can't do both. No. It's a club day. Yeah, what, a vets club day? Oh, yeah, a club day, maybe. I thought you were talking about it. Just the club day. Maybe. <laughs> I was doing about 10-minute motos the other day. I think I'm ready. Yeah, you'll be right. Put Coolum's in. not that hard on the Put body. Put me in, coach. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, well, yeah, maybe I'll have to get out there now before the end of the uh, before the end of Coolum, hey? Yeah. I reckon that sounds good. Are they going to do that Cool and Pines thing again? Nah, you I don't guys think, know. Oh, I don't know. I think they're doing the Triple Crown and that's it, isn't it? Oh, I'm not sure. That was like a the coolest event they've ever done there. I reckon. Yeah, that was like a hybrid enduro. They raced a motocross track and then went through the trees behind it. I always saw like the, the bunting and the um like the bush out the back where the yeah. bike was with privateer pits where like the alligator pit <laughs> you is. Thought that's stuff. where we did our practice. <laughs> yes, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's the practice start. No, I'm, a, I'm a media guy. I'm a snob. I don't go down to privacy of pits very often. <laughs> yeah, it's loose down there. Yeah. It's um, it's wild. But all right, no, hey, man, appreciate you coming on. I know it's late. And um, if you're flying back up here tomorrow, um, safe travels. And congratulations on the podium, mate. We expect uh, – I expect to see more of it, man. The, the pace is coming back, and I know you'll get the ball rolling, and it's great to see. So uh, congratulations to you and the team, and uh, appreciate you coming on. No, thank you for that, and uh, thanks for having me. No worries, but we'll talk to you soon. See you, boys. Hi, guys. Noah Ferguson here on the uh, Amex Superstores Pro MX review show from Gilman, third. Um, he, seemed, he sounds happy. Sounds like he's, you know, getting back to being Noah. Yeah, no, it's exciting to see. I'm actually really excited. When you look at these results here, I think you can only assume that Wilson and NATO either have to be in their last years or they're leaving. I don't know if it's public knowledge or not yet. So I won't say, but I believe we will not see those guys either in Australia or on a 250 next year. So looking at these results. My understanding, I think this is somewhat public knowledge. So 
think NATO did a, th- a three-year deal with two-year deal. And and I think from what I understand, again, I haven't been quoted this, but it's just what's in the pits that he will take that 450 ride or a 450 ride if Gibbsy either does or doesn't move on at the team. Is what I understand. Don't quote me on it. Um, there's not many secrets in the pits, but that's the word. Um and then Wilson wasn't even meant to race in Australia this year. So it's pretty safe to say that he probably, unless he gets a 450 seat, well, we saw what he could do on a 450 last year, which it kind of baffles me that he's back on a 250, which exactly. is just the way it worked out. But um, realistically, yeah, those two will likely be gone. So then it opens up the door for Ferguson, Connolly, if Maneer doesn't go to Europe. Yeah, and then you've even got guys like, you know, Reese Bard and then... Alex Anderson, the younger guys, Liam Andrews. Like, if Liam Andrews is on a team, he's getting sevenths now. Why can't he be top five? And then if those oh, two are gone, Andrews would be such a good pickup for a Serco or, you know, someone like that. Not not that he would replace anybody as such, but he is there or thereabouts, man. In a year or two, he's going to be a guy. Same as, you know, but um, Noah, you know, he could be the, the, the kind of the next generation. Yeah, well, like, even something like, you know, Wilson goes away, Connolly moves to number one spot. That's a spot for a rider. NATO moves up. Minier's a number one rider. That's a spot for someone else. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. We're starting to see some positions open up. and It's actually cool that <clears throat> I feel like we haven't seen in Australia for a long time is actually like a, a kind of escalation process for these riders to be able to go sign deals that leads them to the next class within the same team structure. Because normally in Australia, it's like every year, like who's got funding – and people will change colours. Like, for years, it was just chaos in the off-season. It seems like we're getting a little bit more consistency back where riders are getting more long-term opportunities, which is really rad. Like, even, like, the Yamaha, the the 17 teams that Yamaha have in the pits, like, you can just go, like, oh, Larwood's just going to have a shoulder Rico, but he'll probably be back with Yamaha next year. Kingsford just got... But he'll be back with you. Like, there's opportunities for these guys to kind of build. And even Rogers, like, staying within the Yamaha brand and they helped him out to go to the 450 because he's a monster. Dude, he is growing, like, every time I see Dude, him. he's so big. He got 10th overall. Yeah, um, very, very impressive ride. Very impressive. Like, he's building, man. Um, I told him last year, I said, man, you're so fast. Get off the 250. I know everyone says don't get off the 250 because you crash, but I'm like, you crash because you're on a 250. He'd be, he's, he'd be 100 kilos. He should be a front rower. Yeah, he's either that or he's a linebacker in America. Yeah, but he's yeah. a monster. Um, but yeah, no, shout out to him. Uh, good ride, man. He's been putting in some solid rides at Maitland and there. I think he's building. But look, it's hour 55 into this, the AMX Superstars Primex review show from Gilman. Um, let's just do a quick run through Zane top 10 in MX3. Um, obviously, um, now, that is actually wrong because Jake Cannon... Got the overall? I'm confused. Hold on. I did look this. because Moto1. Oh, it's Moto1. Okay, that's why I'm confused. Here's, here's the overall. Yeah, okay. So, Cannon and Dennis yeah, end up tying. Yep. But because Cannon wins the second Moto... Got him on a count back. Got him on the count back. So, um, Cannon, Dennis, Kingsford, uh, Matha, Birchall, Williams, Tau, Shackleton, Ryan King, and Kobe Drew. That's your top 10 overall. Um, notable mentions, obviously, Jet Olsop going out with a mechanical in Moto2. His bike was steaming from the... In Moto1, it was steaming. Yeah, and he made, I think, one lap into Moto2. Oh, okay. Um, but, man, like, we'll keep it real short. Dennis, I, I swear he grew between Maitland and Gilman. 
Yeah. It's crazy about MX3. Like, the kids are still growing. Yeah, I get him caught up with number 10, Kyle Woods, because they look similar. They, and they're both I feel like there. they did until, yeah, all until of a recently. sudden, recently, and yeah. then Dennis is like yeah. a six-foot monster all of a sudden. Yeah. But, man, he looks so good. That first moto, he's really coming into his own. I wish we had more time to talk about it, but we just can't spend hours doing this. But <laughs> um, Dennis... Incredibly impressive. Red plate. He's really starting to take control of the championship. Doesn't look like an MX3 rider either. No. Rides very stable, very composed. Calm. Experience. And that's why I think he's got such a points lead. Like he's got 22 points on yeah. Mather. So Mather didn't impressive. have the best round. It surprised me a little bit. Um, but Cannon is gnarly. Cannon is so gnarly. And he's right. been gnarly for a while. He's I don't know how else to put it. Like I, I, I'm not talking bad on the kid at all. Don't say like nothing. I'm saying is bad. I actually really like it. But like, I interviewed him after one of the races at at Maitland, and I was like, "Man, you got second. And he was pissed that he yeah. didn't win. And then on the weekend, like we're doing the lunchtime radio show at, at the AMX Ten, and he just walks past. It's freezing, and he walks past like no shirt on. <laughs> I'm kind of like, "What's up, Jake?" And he's just. He just does him. Yeah. Obviously, younger brother to Charlie. So, like, the genetics in that family, they should probably start, like, doing some sort of... Um, Stud farm. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the word for it. But sure. <laughs> get, the ca- like, get your Canon DNA here yeah. if you want a fast kid because... And he's gnarly in the sense of, like, did you see him Moto 1 or Moto 2? He blew the pants out. And yeah, was that just, was the last Moto. Yeah, and yeah. he was, like, every jump pulling his pants up. Yeah. I think his butt cheeks were hanging out at one point. <laughs> And yeah, he no. crashed. He got up. He still chased down Dennis, like just just gnarly. Like he's I don't know how else to put it. Like yeah. he's just got that dog in him. Yeah, he's got that dog in him. Yeah. So. <laughs> like he does. Yeah, no, it's good to see. He's a, very intense. So it's actually exciting. Like the MX3 class is proving to have some talent. I wonder if we'll see him in MX2 next year or if he stays down because I think he's quite a fair way back in the points because he did injure. I himself. think he's is he still a junior? He's third. Yeah, he's still a junior. Yeah, he's got to stay down, dude. Yeah. Like. But Manir went up. Manir went up. That look, Manir going up is not going to really benefit Manir until next year. Yeah. If he doesn't go to Europe, he's probably odds on for the championship, in my opinion. It, over here. Um, really? You don't think? I would like to bench race over here. MX two. You put Manir as title yeah. contender next year, yeah. like favorite. Yeah, because his his learning curve is so steep. Without Nate and Wilson, obviously. Yeah, if you took those out, which we will most likely see them graduate. So. Um, but anyway, we don't have time to bench race. Anyway. King, how's Kate Kingsford? Third that was, rule. yeah, good ride. Like, it's not rider either. So if you're thinking, oh, rider Kingsford, MX3. No, it's Cade Kingsford, his little brother. And he's a junior as well. I know, he's young, dude. Yeah, very, he's tiny. But yeah. also, rider is tiny. Because, you know what cracked me up, right? Like, Yamaha, I, I'm not too much about Yamaha. They support the sport incredibly well in Australia. Yep. So they have their two junior, you know, 125, 250 riders in each state. Then they have the Yamalub Yamaha team. They have, um, you know, all these teams. So when you're at the pro races, like literally it was Byron Dennis in the first moto. Campbell Williams was somewhere like ninth or 10th. And then it was just all blue crew. Yeah. And I, they've all got the Scott gear on. I couldn't even tell who was who half the time. Um, but yeah, man, Kay Kingsford, you know, again, family. You know, think about the experiences dad and his brother have already got bringing him through. Yeah. Um, he looked great, man. I, I haven't really seen him shine until this weekend. Yeah. Um, and on that track, it shows that he's definitely got it, like his brother. Yeah. It's int- uh, Just a note here too, we've got Kobe Drew in 10th here, but he got third in that last moto 
and that's a good ride because Kobe's should really be up with Cannon and Dennis racing them, but he's had a rough few years. Yeah, he was a pretty standout. Like we're well, still a junior now, isn't he? Or is he no, fresh senior, senior this year? So he, Moto One, he DNF'd right. Yep. You know that wall jump by the start. Yeah, I was standing right there commentating. He's like, yeah, hits the hits the thing, jumps to the flat, and you just heard the bike go, and like oh. just. Like it sounded like it just coughed out a bottom end, you know. Oh no! And he just sat there and pushed the bike off, and I felt so bad for him. Um, but hats off to him. Didn't throw a tantrum, right? No. He walked across. He sat in the mechanics area next to me, commentating, and he went out on that lap three, and he watched the whole moto from the sidelines. Yeah, Kobe's a good kid. He like trained that, with that us. showed a lot to me. You know? Yeah, he's with the Double O Elite Rider Training Group, and we keep him in check. So he's got yeah. a level head and he's a, he's a good kid and it's good to see him finally get some results that he deserves. So like most kids just crack the shits, you know, yeah. which is understandable. Like we've all been there. I've done but, the same thing. Um, you know, other notable mentions, like I said, Jack Mate, I'm actually impressed he got fourth overall because he really didn't factor in much as far as the front battle. Yeah, it's just MX3, man. Like there's a, what is it? A 16 point gap from second to third. Yeah, so. it just shows the crazy like inconsistencies of it all. Um, Birchall was always in that top five battle, fifth overall. Um, Campbell Williams, I, I thought we were going to see Campbell get on a roll after Maitland. Yeah, it's puzzling. Mm. Big injuries, and, and that's what he said. He was kind of finally back to health at Maitland, and being the elder statesman in the class, I sort of thought, okay, he's going to kind of take this, maybe not the championship, but he's going to take this sort of the, the second half of the season by the horns, but... I know he had a crash and things, but it just, you know, same with Connor Tao, Like Him and Connor Tao are kind of like, like I know Campbell's been in there for three years. I'm not sure about Connor, but. Second year for Connor. Yeah, it's it's they were kind of the odds on to get this yeah. done. They were the guys that were in there. They've been in there before, especially Campbell. Like, I don't know whether maybe I high hold Campbell in too high regards, but, man, I've seen some results from that kid that blow. It's like he should be winning every round, like. No, like it's not. Fox. I know what you're saying. It's because yeah. we've seen him do it. Yeah. And I remember, like, at the start of last year, he was just it on was another outrageous. level. I remember, there's some Vic title races. I said this last time, but, man, I, I was watching the results, and I'm like, man, he's keeping up with Webster mm. on a 250. No, he has it. Like, I remember watching him at one Thaggy the first round last year. Um, or maybe it was the year before. Anyway, just right, trail riding. Yeah. Absolute trail riding. But, again, he's still coming back to form. Obviously, Connor, I think he had a crash in one moto. He was definitely yeah, that one. there, but just... Probably not quite the sprint speed we're used to seeing from him. Um, Shackleton, good to see. 14. My teammate. Wow. Yeah, check that out. Yeah. On the uh, 30 years in between years? Yeah, well, I'm 35, <laughs> so what's he? 20. I think he's 14, Lee said. So that's yeah. pretty impressive. I've actually seen Lee's post about them trying to get him in because he is so young. Yeah, they had to get an exemption, I think. And um, man, fourth in Moto 1. That's- Whole the whole shot? I think he did whole shot. I think he, he was either whole shot or up front, but man, he, his composure, he had pressure the whole race. And he, yeah, you know, he's had some crashes this year and some frustration, but um, BCP, Akropovich, Honda, um, plug my teammate, <laughs> which I will. Um, shout out to Hoags as well. I'm sure Hoags would have been saying nothing but positive things on TV about Shaq's ride. But man, fourth in Moto 1 at 14 years of age, considering, you know, he's... Not quite a Manier. Like, Manier was a prodigy. Like, and I hear a lot of hype and a lot of big things about um, Shackleton, but he's not quite like a Lawrence or yeah. a Manier. Um, but you man, hear them coming from a mile away. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's solid, dude. Fourth. Solid that's, that's something to build off for him. Um, 
Then, yeah, Ryan King in ninth. Yeah, Ryan um, King. That's good. We seen him in tenth, I think, last round. So yeah, He's becoming a solid top ten guy out of New Zealand. Yeah, um, that's good. Good effort from him. And then, yeah, Kobe Drew in tenth. Um, yeah. And then Hantus and Alsop, I think. Yeah, there was some... Alsop, DNF. And yeah. So, yeah, that's good... Uh, that's a wrap up on MX3, but it's good to see this, some kids getting up there and, you know, the young guys kind of coming through and young as in they're all young, but like the really young ones like Cannon and Kingsford and, and all them. It's it's very exciting. Kai Woods, just notable uh, down there at 21st. Yep. Um, goggle issues in the first race, pulled straight into the pits on lap one. I was, again, I was commentating down there. Um, him and his dad not seeing eye to eye on that situation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> blew in the pits yeah yeah there's some, there was some words being said and then I think he went back out on the track but he was a fair ways back oh well um, he does well he rides well anyway he's, so. he's going to figure it out man that kid's yep. fast you know but um, alright guys hey Zane I appreciate you um, coming to co-host this thing um, all good mate no stress yeah it's really good you, get, you have a lot of good insight as a racer in uh, the MX1 class as a privateer and uh yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out, man. It really is good. And uh, obviously, Carl Webster, Noah Ferguson, um, Darnell, the big sellout official. Um, you know, appreciate everybody uh, listening. Um, the numbers have been great this year. It's actually really starting to grow again. We've been getting some great momentum, and I really want to thank everyone for, uh, for supporting the show, supporting the Inside Dirt Network, and uh, check out the website, check out the .com um and the socials and uh make sure you subscribe to the podcast make sure you subscribe to the socials and make sure you support those that sort support us which is of course amx superstores who bring you all of our paramex uh, race coverage here on the inside dirt network so this is uh signing off the amx superstores paramex review show from round five uh, at gilman and we've got a few weeks now till um the hometown round almost for you zane with the with yeah. uh, Toowoomba. Yeah, I'd say QMP is my home round. That's an hour and a half from my house. Toowoomba's only two hours, and I do like Toowoomba. I actually race there on the weekend. Uh, but, yeah, they're all kind of home rounds from here on in, so I'm pretty, pretty, pretty excited. Stoked. I'm stoked not to have to go on an airplane for a little bit. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to not have to drive 14 hours through the night. Yeah, privateer life, right? <laughs> but, hey, man, appreciate you coming in. And um, thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll be back uh, with the Toowoomba wrap-up show in a few weeks. Thanks, guys.